Hello, I'm Eagle, Eagle Gardens, Eagle Gardens 1 on Instagram, and this is Fucking Talking Shit with Eagle, episode 579. Hopefully you guys have had a great Saturday. I've got a great guest for us this Saturday evening, another podcast in the cannabis community. I'm looking forward to spending an evening with Uncle Rick of let's be buds how you doing my friend you want to tell us oh once i pause this video in the background how you're doing and uh where they can find it well i'm doing great thanks eagle thank you so much for having me uh yeah so uh i um uh i'm uh, let's be buds on uh, youtube and uh, on uh instagram it's uh let's dot b dots buzz with a z and uh yeah so that's where you can find me uh, other than that the odd occasion you might find me over at Pornhub, but uh just ignore that just, just pretend that didn't happen nah. that's funny that's super funny so uh yeah how was your day how was your day right off it's been a great one great one i uh uh, matter of fact, I got a good night's sleep. I've been uh, dabbling with uh, RSO for the last couple of weeks, and uh, it's been uh, allowed me to eliminate my sleeping pill. And uh, last night, I, um, I I woke up around one o'clock in the morning, and uh, about one thirty, I thought, you know what? I think I'll just have some more RSO. And uh, darn it, I was out until eight thirty this morning, so uh, it felt pretty good. <laughs> Nice. Uh, I think everybody should be on a low dose of the RSO, to be honest with you, almost like a daily vitamin. The only downside to that I, I found is um, it can up your tolerance. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I can, I can see that. And, uh, uh, and also I'm finding dialing in my dosage is a bit of a challenge because uh, I'm still feeling a little woozy in the morning, which, uh, you know, in my situation is not necessarily a bad thing. Uh, uh, that's why I, that's why I keep, uh, I keep doing it. It's not that I have a job to go to in the morning or anything like that. So it's all good. Uh, so do you make, I guess, getting a little off. Uh, it's all the same, right? So, do you make your your own RSO, or are you uh, purchasing it, seeing it from a dispo or a friend? Uh, yeah, I'm actually. I, I've just started making my own. Uh, I I got one of those uh, Eto um, Eto uh, recovery machines, so it um, it um, yeah, it, it extracts the uh, the tincture and but it, it draws back the uh, the alcohol so you can reuse it again so i'm just i'm just uh, dabbling with it figuring things out uh, we've got a i have to source uh, another supply of alcohol uh, we do not in I, I live in the province of british columbia and uh, for in their wisdom they allow they don't allow uh, 95 percent alcohol to be sold in in our province so i have to acquire it from another province so i'm just in the process of doing that right now uh, yeah thanks are you gonna go with uh, a state with a grain alcohol or maybe a grape alcohol yeah if you're gonna have to source it out are you gonna look for i don't know more of a quality 
than a grain alcohol? Uh, yeah, you know what? I just ordered. I just ordered it, and um, uh, it, it's it's the alcohol that they advise you to use if you're if you're making tinctures or or concentrates. Uh, I guess it's a grain alcohol. I think it's a you know like a food grade alcohol. Would that would that be what it's called? Not sure. So. How about you? Do you do you make your own? I do from time yeah. to time. I do absolutely. Uh, Everclear. Uh, sometimes, oh. sometimes I'm lucky enough to source uh, some some uh, alcohol that's a little bit stronger, a little bit of uh, moonshine, I guess you'd call it, uh, which I prefer to use whenever I can source it. But if uh, if not, uh, Everclear green okay. alcohol. Yeah, yeah, and uh, Everclear, I believe, is ninety-five percent. So, uh, and it's, I, from what I've been led to believe, it's pretty hard to, you know, <clears throat> get much higher than ninety-five. Uh, the 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 product that I ordered is ninety-six percent. I I do remember that. Just can't remember what it's called. But so it should be here soon, and I should be uh, should be getting back in business. So looking forward to that. But I've still got a, I've still got a, I think three uh, three syringes, and I'm using just under a, about a quarter of a syringe. So I don't know what that e equals in weight, but it's a one milliliter syringe, and I'm using about a quarter of that, just about an hour before I go to bed. You ever uh, use it to uh, spice up some of your joints there? Occasionally, I'll take some of that syringe and replace that uh, the stick line with some of the RSO, basically. Okay. Roll okay. Fatty. Uh, okay, I can. I haven't mixed the two, but I can see that being a lot of fun too. Yeah, <laughs> I'm kind of holding back on my RSO uh, dosage until late in the evening. I don't want to get involved too early in with that. Is it just for sleeping purposes that you just for sleeping purposes that you're taking the RSO? Uh, I'm uh, primarily that's what I wanted to do was just take it for sleeping purposes. I do. Uh, I want to make it part of my daily regime um, just for overall uh, wellness. Uh, I, I believe that there's so many healing properties in it. Um, I, I would like to think that it helps with um, with inflammation, uh, and I do suffer from uh, arthritis, so uh, looking for some relief there. Um, actually, you know what? I, I've really been fortunate in 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 my life. I really haven't had to take too much in the way of uh, medication. I do, however, I do take a um, a, um, a a pill for um, high cholesterol. Uh, and, but I've also uh, found out that, uh, RSO can really help people that are, that have, uh, uh, high blood pressure or low, I'm sorry, low blood pressure. So I'm, I'm thinking, well, maybe I may have to, uh, I may have to, you know, take a look at, uh, go for another physical and just see if it's made any, made any effect on my, um, on my, uh, cholesterol situation. So.
I was, uh, I've been talking about this a little bit more lately since I guess we're on that subject is uh, when we talk about the chlorophyll being in there, the green in our RSO, a lot of times when we talk about making it, we want to, it's more of a quicker process uh, to avoid the chlorophyll, the excess chlorophyll in there. But I, there was, uh, doing a little research on some stuff the other day and I was, they were talking about chlorophyll and it's pluses. I mean, when you, a lot of times we think of it as a negative in our RSO or in our cannabis, but I mean, as we're, you think about us using it as medicine, I, I'm currently, my stance on it is it's better to leave it in as much as possible, to be honest with you. One for its uh, effects for sleep, I mean, it, the more you leave it in there, the, you know, you're going to be in a deep sleep afterwards. Uh, it's promotion for uh, healthy red blood cells uh, as well, and uh, to help keep a healthy liver as well. So with them, just those three benefits, why wouldn't you want to leave some in there uh, when it could all aid in uh a healing process if you you know if you're using it for a medicine i think the only benefit of a quick wash like that for rso would be to make it be more making it for daily purposes or uh, like a, almost a recreational rso you know limit some effects to be honest with you. uh yeah i i i believe you're absolutely right on that yeah what i do is i i normally uh i'll, I'll well, I'll, I'll put the material in with the alcohol and I'll let it sit for oh, me even a couple of days um, before I run it. So I, I do want that, definitely want that chlorophyll in there for sure. For sure. Yeah. So what do you got? What'd you, what'd you bring to smoke on tonight? Good, sir. Well, um, I'll tell you, um, I, um, I just, I was gifted a bunch of plants from uh, Caribou. Um, and uh, uh, he, he just had an, an abundance of plants that he just didn't know what to do with. And I said, well, I'd be happy to take them off your hands. So uh, that's what I did. So I was, uh, boy, oh boy, I got, I had five different strains and I just took them all down uh, about a week ago. And however, the, uh, the, the uh, humidity is so low around here, it's just drying way too fast. So that's the bad news. The good news is I guess I've got it to smoke a little bit sooner. So uh, let's see, I, had, uh, I have a strain called uh, uh, Spider Girl, which is a CBD uh, uh, dominant uh, strain. I've got Lemonberry, uh, GG4, uh, grape, ape, and uh, the other one, it'll come to me. It'll come to me. It's almost there. Anyways, so today, I've, uh, I, yesterday, I, I rolled my first joint of GG4. I never smoked it in my life. And uh, yeah, yeah. So, and really, really enjoyed it. Absolutely. The, the flavor is hard to put my, put my, my head around, but um, the uh, the highs and it just uh, it, it's really really number one and so i've got that will be my second one for the evening uh, but tonight i'm going to start off with um with lemon berry so uh wish me luck
<laughs> and and how about you? What are you what are you uh, rolling up tonight? Oh, this is a little bit of a tester from Medgrower One that uh, slightly seated. Uh, it's uh, his Silverback times uh, his Primal, his Primal Punch, which is uh, super tasty. I uh, wish I would have got to test this run without <laughs> without the addition of the seed, but uh, it is what it is. So. <laughs> I didn't realize in, uh, in this little breeding project that we've had going here that uh, keeping a male around for a period of time was going to be a little bit more trickier than I had anticipated. Uh, I figured I could just keep him under, you know, 24 hours of light there and that'd be good. Uh, but I was not good. I was not good. Uh -oh. Uh -oh. <laughs> Yeah, those spores have a way of finding their way around, don't they? <laughs> oh, yes. Oh, yes. Even I thought I had it. It was somewhat contained. As you can see, there's plenty of areas, plenty of tents around me. At one point, there's eight slowly working my way down. Uh, but, yeah, the, the tent right behind me, right here is where the male was. And I caught it fairly quickly, and I thought, oh, it's just going to be that area. But no, it was all the way around, even in the areas where I thought, you know, this is going to be the least chance. Floated <laughs> up in there, too. Even tonight, man, I, I did a purposeful shaking tonight, uh, probably about 20 minutes ago, 25 minutes ago and now something like that, maybe a little better. Now I look at the clock. I reached in and I seen my, the Columbia mail that I've got going there for this breeding project, just sacks all swollen. I thought, huh, there's a couple look like they're open. I'm just going to reach in there because she's in a 10 and he's in a three. I'm, I'm just going to reach in there and, Give him a good shake, you know what I mean? Just a little. And that's all I did. That's all I did. I reached in there, grabbed the side of the three, grabbed the stock, and just did a and it just clouded that four by eight. I I very quickly shut the tent real quick. And I'm like, I I'm looking through, I'm like, oh no, it's just just <laughs> floating around in there. And I'm like, oh yeah. Yeah, for the first shot in like I said, he's barely opening up. So there, there's going to be no problem with that. Dustin her. That's for sure. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's just where else is it going to all go? That's all. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. Almost over, though, as far as like the breeding stuff and be able to resume the sense of Amelia growing. <laughs> uh, tell me more about the project uh you've got this one male uh what are, what are you crossing what are, what are you uh, crossing there well um, uh the jack skellington uh both of them tga uh under the tga umbrella there uh we had a, a gentleman that uh early on 
was a, a fan of the show, was watching and participating in the chat. Uh, when the show kicked off, right from the beginning, fell we nerd uh, DOA. And uh, as we got to know him in chat and just know him in general, uh, we, I got him on the show and uh, we got to know him even better and became somewhat of a, a regular guest. And uh, upon us getting to Noah, we knew he had uh, some health problems, but he never really knew, really divulged how sick he was. And he passed, not this last December, but the December before that, he passed uh, December 15th. And uh, we decided to take the two strains that he always talked about, the Jack Skellington and the Chilombio and uh, cross those up and uh, make them uh, that those seeds available for the people in the community to remember DOA if they wanted to take part in that project and maybe keep it a, a running project uh, as well kind of you know keep hunting it out breeding it out into something a little more better as we go along or we'll see how it goes cool cool uh, okay I, and I'm sorry who, who is this we're talking about uh, he went by the handle DOA. Uh, in DOA, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Which was uh, which was his name, uh, his initials backwards. His name was Anthony, and so we were trying to think of a name uh, to call the strain, and we ended up. Uh, I think we've settled on the name, but I think we're going to call it DOA. But mm -hmm. we've kind of changed the the. The meaning of the the initials around to uh dank of anthony so that's okay. what doa <laughs> will stand for uh for the string good good right on right on yeah so that was uh december the 15th of uh, uh 20 2020 2020 21 right or, oh yeah 2020 you're 2020 right. yeah, yeah. You're right. okay yeah yeah that's Coincidentally, it's just the same time that I started on the podcast with uh, with Caribou. Oh, nice! Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was. So, uh, go ahead. Oh no, I was gonna uh, finish what you're saying. I was gonna take you back to the beginning. <laughs> okay, okay. Well, uh, well, that was uh, actually that was a bit of a beginning. I, I mean, I've, I've had a few beginnings, but uh, that was the beginning of uh, uh, being introduced to uh, this incredible uh, community that we have here. Up up until that point, uh, quite frankly, I, I I don't know so much of it. Just it went over my head or past me that that, that we have such a incredible uh, community here. I guess it was maybe, uh, some of it maybe had to do with uh, my, well, the way I was introduced to, to cannabis and uh, I got into it in the, um, in, you know, in, the, in an illegal sense and, uh, you know, dealt, dealt with the, the black market for many, many years. And, and it was always uh, afraid to, you know, share ideas or, or ask questions or and just kind of stumbled my way through life. And, and, and it was, uh, 
it was a series of events that uh, I happened to be working in a hydroponics store at the time. And when I met Caribou and, uh, and we hit it off right away and uh, we shared uh, our enthusiasm for, for the plant. And, uh, and then he, at one day told me that he had a, a podcast and wanted uh, to invite me as a guest. And, and I said, well, sure. Um, and I really didn't give it too much thought at the time. And, uh, but uh, we had that, the first interview and, and, uh, and then uh, we decided to do it on a regular basis. And we were bringing on other, other uh, guests and, and I just thought this was so incredible that it was, um, was I guess, so open uh, where we were able to talk about this. And, and, uh, and for all those years that I've been holding back, uh, my my thoughts about uh, you know wanting to glean more information from other growers i suddenly saw an opportunity to do that and and uh, i just uh, uh, i just became a sponge uh, drawing in it more and more information and uh, and uh, yeah and then meeting more and more people and finding out about more and more other other podcasts and uh, it, it's just been it's well it's been life-changing quite frankly uh it's it's really been amazing that's awesome that's awesome so yeah. when did your use with cannabis start when was the first time you came across the plant when was the first time you used well that would we'd go back a ways for that one but i was actually a late bloomer i i didn't start consuming cannabis until my late teens Quite frankly, I, uh, I, my, my drug of choice in those days was uh, LSD. I, I, I got into acid for a good year before, before I, I was uh, consuming cannabis. So, um, so it, it would have been my late teens uh, that, I, that I first got involved with uh, consuming cannabis. And, uh, but, and then I, um, uh, I enjoyed it. Uh, for another 20 years before I decided to, uh, to grow it. So it was, uh, it was uh, uh, quite late. Uh, I, was, I was almost 40 when I decided to start growing it. Um, and uh, I, um, what did I want to say about that? Oh, it, it just that the, it wasn't my intention to, really get involved with growing um i just wanted to i'd been i'd been buying my my pot from my local dealer for many years and i decided that maybe uh what i should do is instead of buying an ounce i'll buy a quarter pound and then i'll sell three to my friends and smoke mine for free or something like that i, I hadn't quite figured out all the math but i thought we could do something like that so i went to i went to my dealer and I said, I'd like to get into the business. And he got so excited. And I, I thought, what, it, what is so exciting about another, another, you know, but what I didn't realize at the time was he was talking about growing it. And, and so I had no, I had no idea at that point that then, and I'm living in BC and, and of course it's BC bud we're talking about, um, which uh, at this point I think was pretty, pretty well known all over most of North America. Um, 
and I, and I didn't realize it was being grown in people's garages and basements uh, here here in uh, here in Vancouver. So he took me out to a to a, a, a grow operation, typically uh, blindfolded. And uh, when he took that blindfold off, boy oh boy, I was hooked. I, um, I <laughs> that was another life changing moment for me, and uh, uh, it's been part of my life ever since. It's. Uh, it's, yeah, I developed a, a passion for it really, really quick. Right, Adam. Um, was it always recreational, or what? At what point would you consider? Has it taken a medical turn for you, or do you still consider it recreational? It, no, no, ab absolutely. Yeah, no, it, it took a while. It took a while. Uh, in Canada, I believe. We uh, were medical, we, we legalized medical, I want to say it was about uh, 2001, about 2001. And uh, quite frankly, up until that time, I was still, uh, I was still uh, black market. And, uh, but I saw an opportunity if I, could, uh, if I could get a medical license. So I started pursuing that and it took me a couple of years to, uh, to figure it all out. But, uh, but at that point, uh, I did get a medical license and it still took me a, a, another short while to, uh, to change, my, ch change my attitude and beliefs. And, and quite frankly, it wasn't until about 2000. I mean, I, I, could, I, could, I, was, I could see this, the medical benefits uh, in many cases, but not as much maybe personally. But it, it was uh, it was around that time that uh, I, it was the first time I ever tried uh, CBD, and uh, and that was an amazing uh, uh, moment for me. I really found uh, instant uh, pain relief uh, from it, and uh, and that that was a, that was a changing moment for me as well then then i i really could definitely see the benefits of the medical side of it so uh tell me a little bit about the the uh your first grow there what it looked like can you kind of give us a little peek at that setup oh my goodness yeah yeah, I was thinking about that today. As a matter of fact, uh, yeah, it all started with uh, with uh, this uh, my drug dealer who uh, who was partners in the uh, in the grow operation uh, that he took me took me to to see. Uh, so uh, him and I struck up a deal. But basically, he you know he wasn't a grower. Uh, he was uh, he was just one one of the partners uh, who. Uh, decided to uh, rip off his his other partners so he took a uh he took a branch from one of the the tree the the bushes and it was uh, maybe it was about a about a three or four foot branch and he broke it off brought it over to my place i gave him twenty eight hundred dollars for this branch <laughs> and uh, and uh, we commenced uh, to sit down at the kitchen table and cut clones. But of course, he didn't have a clue. I didn't have a clue. We just kind of looked at each other and uh, fumbled our way through cutting and dipping and 
and I, I don't, I can't remember all the details. I, I don't know if everything died and I had to acquire them from somebody else, but the downside was, uh, you know, there, like in many cases, like there was nobody, like, I didn't know, I, like, this is 1985. I, I didn't know that many people, uh, that were growing or didn't know anybody that was growing or, uh, uh, or selling clones or anything like that. So anyways, I, uh, somehow I, uh, we went from getting that branch into some clones, I guess. And, uh, and then I had a, a one car garage and I set up two four by eight tables in there. Um, and I started uh, hydroponically, like, could I have maybe tried to figure out something maybe a little harder to start with than hydroponics, but uh, that's what I decided. Uh, I had two 400 watt bulbs over each uh, table and it was hydroponic, yeah. So, uh, um, and I, but I knew nothing about chillers, I, uh, water temperatures. Uh, this garage was not insulated, uh, and it didn't. And so, it just had the boards on the outside of the garage. And at nighttime, the light would flash through the the openings in the garage. It looked like a like a like a lighthouse <laughs> with all these lights shining down the street. So. Uh, uh yeah that was my very first grow and uh I, um we we were there for we were in that home for well, less than a year then i moved and set up another another grow and uh it was a, a little bit more a little bit more responsible it was uh six 1000 watt uh, bulbs they were called the compatible the, like I, there's the hps and the metal halide these were called compatible bulbs uh so you could use them for grow uh, for veg and for flower so i set that to grow up as uh, uh, at the it was called uh, like a, a cascade effect or waterfall and i had the bulb down the middle so the light would go out to the sides that's the style I was uh, growing in those days. And that, that, then I was, of course, back to soil. And uh, yeah, I, I never went back. I did do deep water culture one more time, uh, but uh, I never went back. And I had, I've done some flood and drain, but I never went back to hydroponics. Currently I'm doing, uh, I'm doing uh, in cocoa. Yeah, definitely uh, so, starting off with the hard stuff there with the hydroponics, that's for sure. Oh, and, and of course, not having a mentor, not having a, a book or a forum or a, uh, a, an internet to, to look up. Yeah, it was, a, it was a challenge. It was exciting. <laughs> yeah. I got to tell you, man, I'm still surprised that... Uh, LSD came before cannabis. Cannabis is supposed to be the gateway drug, goddammit, not LSD. How does yeah. that how does that work? Yeah. Yeah, that was that was really weird. Um I uh when I was uh when I was 15 or yeah, about 15, I and this would be in the early 60s, uh I'd moved to Alberta. This, the province next over next to me 
And uh, in, in the early 60s, I think that Vancouver was probably the, you know, well, Vancouver, San Francisco, we were probably the leaders in the, in the drug culture. Uh, you know, like we, it was very, very active in, in, in Vancouver. Anyways, uh, I moved to Alberta and um, uh, um, Alberta, uh, well, Vancouver was where the uh, where it was everything was happening, and Alberta was where it was not. And they were they were a few years behind us. So, anyways, I was there for a couple of years, and then I came back. And uh, I, it, in my absence, is when my 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 social group got involved with cannabis. And uh, when I came back to see my friends, I, I just, it, I couldn't understand it. I couldn't, I didn't know what they were, what the big deal was. And they were giggling and laughing and think it was a lot of fun. And I just didn't understand it. And, um, but what I don't remember is how I got involved with, uh, with LSD, but I, I just decided that that was going to be my drug of choice. And, uh, and, uh, Pursued that for a couple of years, and uh, until I had one really, really bad trip, and uh, decided, ah, now I think we'll back away from this one, and uh, and then eventually I went back into cannabis, and yeah. It's kind of funny you say that you don't remember how necessarily I get mixed up with the acid because I was fixing the X because I'm working, I'm honestly working on a theory right now, to be honest with you. Because uh, in my experience with psychedelics, uh, it always seems to source from some cool-ass hippie chick. I've never really had an introduction with a good acid or mushroom or whatever phase. You know, uh, it's always been some gal that's always been Hey, here you go. Yeah. <laughs> so I couldn't help but wonder if there is a possibility. There could have been. There could have been. I damn it. I you know I'm gonna have to work on that. I gotta I gotta remember exactly how that all came about. Yeah. But I do remember like going down to uh Fourth uh, Avenue in Vancouver, and uh, I mean hippies. The hippies were rampant, uh, at, and uh, Gastown in Vancouver. It, it was uh, the culture was strong. It, it was uh, it was really something, and and, and uh, drugs were quite quite open, quite prevalent. Uh, you could go to a bar, and and uh, you could look around, and you, you could tell pretty quick uh, who was uh, who was there to do business with you. Yeah. Okay, I got a story. <laughs> uh, so, uh, I'm ready to listen. <laughs> <laughs> uh, actually, I was thinking about another one, uh, and if I, if I make a note of it, I may get back to it. But anyway, this one had to do with uh, being in, uh, involved with my first wife, and uh, so uh, we had split up, and uh, uh, during during our breakup. Um, I was in a bar one day and went went to the went to the restroom and uh, uh, Buddy was uh, in there and he says you want to buy some pot and 
I said, uh, how much? And he said, uh, $10, uh, $10 uh, an ounce. I think they were, they were called lids in those days, uh, $10 a lid. And normally I would pay 20-ish for a lid or an ounce. And I said, give me five, I'll take five. So I loaded them all up. And that weekend, I ended up hooking up with my first wife at the time. And of course, you know, one thing led to another. And then by the end of the weekend, it was, uh, I love you. I love you. Let's get back together. And, uh, and uh, she said, not if you're going to be smoking that marijuana stuff. There'd be none of that. And I said, no, no, honey, that's it. That's it. I'm done. So um, now I got these five ounces that I've got on me. And I thought, well, that's it. I'm done smoking pot. Uh, I'll just, uh... so I just handed out to, uh, to my friends. Well, what I didn't realize was that I guess this was, uh, if it wasn't uh, oregano, it was something close to it. So my friends are coming back to me, you know, and I, I expect them to, to be grateful that I just gave them all this pot, but they're, they're giving me shit because uh, it was garbage that I gave them. So you try to be a nice guy and this, you, you, that's where nice guys finish up. Okay. <laughs> This uh, yeah, lemon I'm, lemon berry is nice. Nice. What what uh, is it? Super lemony. I haven't had some good lemon turps in a minute. I'm not really good at the taste thing. I really I'm I'm really not. But uh, I know it's it's got it's quite resiny and uh, it's quite nice. Oh oh oh. Okay. So, the uh, other, oh, go ahead. Go ahead. I'll, Go ahead. I'll write it. No, no, no. Uh, you, you, are you going to promise you remember? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Okay. So now I don't know what prompted me to, to think about this, where you were asking about different grows. And, and uh, I just recalled uh, a situation where, uh, oh, and, and I think I, I was thinking about it the other day when I was watching you and uh, Mr. 12 and 12, you were both carpenters and uh, I am, uh, I am not a carpenter. Okay. Let's put that out there first. I'm not a carpenter, but, but at this point in my, in my career, I built a number of grows and uh, I, uh, I was getting pretty proficient at it and, and good at what I do. And uh uh, buddy decided to hire me as a consultant to, uh, to, to, to build a grow for him. So I, uh, I um, went over to his place and uh, we went into the basement and I looked around and uh, I'm looking for the, you know, electrical and the drains and water. And I said, okay, I, th I think what we'll do is, uh, uh, well, when I say we, I mean, I'm telling them what they're going to be doing. I'm just a consultant. So I said, uh, we'll start by taking out this wall right here. And then we're going to build it down this way and over there and uh, bing, bang, boom. So uh, that's what they did. And uh, anyways, uh, three months later, I came back for my payment and uh, so he said, uh, so I, I got to the house and uh, I said, yeah, 
here for my money. And he said, yeah, well, before we do that, he said, I, I want you to come and look at something. So I said, okay. So we, we walked down the hall into the bathroom and he points up to the corner and he says, see all those cracks up in the, up in the wall there, all those cracks that are coming down. And I said, yeah. And then he, and he said, and over here, and he says, there's more cracks over there. And, um, uh, what I'd real what and then what he was getting at was the fact that I had uh, told them to take out a uh, a bearing wall, a load bearing wall. <laughs> oh Jesus! Well, I told you I'm not a carpenter. I like I. <laughs> so that was embarrassing. That was embarrassing. <laughs> Yeah, that could definitely cause some troubles, that's for sure. So I, what I was going to ask you back in there a minute ago was I, I kind of caught the 60s and the LSDs reference there. and the, back, There was a lot of lovemaking back going back in there. I couldn't help but wonder, you mentioned the old Pornhub there in the beginning, uh, has it been going that strong since the swing in sixties and seventies? Is uh, uh, um, that's I, a fire, I, buddy. That's a fire. <laughs> now I have to confess, I, I suppose I was a a bit of a slut in my day, but that's behind me now. That's we we don't go there anymore. <laughs> Three wives later. You think I'd figure it out, or, or you'd think that uh, you know they like I'm trying to think would it would it be their fault or mine? I I'm, I haven't quite dealt with that yet. <laughs> uh, on your side of the fence, I'd just go with it. It was their fault, just for sleeping better purposes. <laughs> so, I don't know. Uh, yeah, go ahead. I was just going to ask there. Uh, it's also a pretty wide swath of uh, cannabis use as well. I mean, we kind of wonder, you know, what's changed in cannabis over the years? What have you seen change in the cannabis over the years? Uh, bud structure? I mean, what have you noted throughout, the, you know, your years of cannabis? Yeah, quite frankly, over the last year is uh, since I joined this community uh, is where I've, I've really learned the uh, more of the subtleties uh, uh, and the nuances of, of cannabis and, and the, even even down to and, and it was Mr. 12 and 12 that uh, brought this to my attention uh, um, well, I think the first time we met, and, and and it was brought up on your on your show the other night, uh, the, uh, the 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 benefits of uh, the therapeutic benefits of growing cannabis, just just the act of you know touching the plant and and uh, you know watering, feeding, uh, defoliating, uh, watching it grow, all all the the, the benefits of that are, are are amazing in itself. I, I don't think I'm really answering your question. Uh, I guess what I'm trying to say is like up until recently, uh, I just looked at it. I looked at it a lot differently. I, I looked at it uh, just from a, 
a dollars and cents uh, point of view uh, as a mortgage helper and uh, I, I've got better, I got better at growing over, over the years, but, uh, and, uh, and, and then, but over the last two years, uh, it, I've really upped my game and, uh, and um, looking more, looking more for uh, growing the best I can rather than just growing something to, to flog. I've taken a more, I don't know, um, personal, personal interest in it. Having trouble finding my words here. No worries, no worries. <coughs> Excuse me. So yeah, so and uh, and I had mentioned to Caribou that uh, in my in my thirty five years, um, I bet you I hadn't popped more than a hundred seeds. Uh, most of uh, it, it's all been by clones. So it wasn't until the last year and two that I've gotten more involved with uh, you know more specific strains, uh, more uh, getting involved with auto flowers. Uh, I've set up a tent here and, uh, and uh, I, I, I build it as uh, like I wanted to, the reason, the main reason I, I set up the, uh, the podcast was to uh, try to assist new growers. And I know that there's, we have a lot of podcasts out there that are devoted to helping new growers, but I, I like from a personal uh, aspect, I've never grown in a tent never grown in a tent and I've only grown uh, like uh, monocrops. I, I've, I, I've never, you know, uh, done any research onto a specific strain and what are the benefits and, 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 and all of that kind of stuff uh, until the last year. So uh, when I say new growers, in spite of the fact that I've been doing this uh, most of my life, uh, to me, this is going to be a new grow. And I'm really excited about it. Uh, I, I took, I just took down the, the strains that I got from Caribou, and I'm setting up a an autopot system. Uh, I'm going to be growing. Uh, I'm selecting four uh, uh, photo periods, and uh, and uh, yeah, it, it's all going to be brand spanking new to me. And uh, so I'll be able to. Uh, uh, get advice uh, uh, the same as any other new grower. There I go off on a tangent again. Why did I? <laughs> Blame it on the lemon berry, Miss Uncle Rick. Blame yeah. it on the lemon berry. Yeah, and I don't know if it was uh, if you planted a seed there, but uh, you know what? I did taste a little bit of lemon in there. Yeah, yeah. I did a quick, oh, it's, it's still on my screen here. Uh, they were, uh, I was just doing a little bit of research on it and they say that it's uh, uh, mostly sativa characteristics, 22% THC, uh, known as lemonberry kush, um, Dabney blue and lemon Thai come together to produce lemonberry. By fusion seeds. So. Uh, very enjoyable. So, yeah. Nice. 
what is uh your favorite i mean you say you're not too good at uh, tasting or you know putting a name to the flavor profile there but what has been some of your flavors over the favorite flavors over the years have you you a fan of the pine or is there any certain flavor that hits you um, uh, well, interesting that you that you mentioned that eagle because uh, I was gifted from a, a sticky fingers uh, uh, four twenty um, uh, some uh, some rosin and uh, and it had an incredible piney smell uh, that I really enjoyed uh, and uh, but uh, on a side note uh, I moved up into the caribou here uh, about fifteen years ago. And uh, it was, uh, I guess, maybe closer to 20 years ago that uh, the, uh, the pine beetle uh, came through this part of the country and infected all of the pine trees, uh, 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 killing them uh, pretty much. And, uh, but 15 years ago, uh, there's, there's so, the, the pine was so predominant that uh, that I, I do recall when I first moved up here in the springtime, uh, the, the smell of the pine, it was really beautiful. Uh, sadly, we, we, don't, uh, we don't smell it anymore because uh, the pine tree, the, the, the beetles have killed pretty much all the pine up here. We used to, uh, we used to get, uh, uh, the, the pine beetle used to be un kept under control, uh, uh, but it, what it would require was uh, temperatures of uh, minus 30 uh, Celsius uh, for a period of at least two weeks to, in order to kill the, the beetle. Uh, but we haven't had those uh, temperatures for a long time. And unfortunately, uh, that guy got away on us. Uh, but the pine, yeah, I really do enjoy the pine. Yeah. It's one of my favorites as well. I really, yeah. really enjoy the pine too. And uh, yeah, unfortunately, well, I think I may have figured out why I haven't been able to unlock it. Hopefully that's the answer here in the future. Time will tell, but uh, last couple of years, I've been trying to grow it out here myself and I've had Quite a few people send me pine strains that they you know know for a fact that can they contain a good pine term to it and uh, i just haven't been able to unlock it here and then uh again i was talking with mr toad the other night about pines and uh we believe because uh he, well, he believes I should. I don't want to take credit for anything that I didn't come up with, but it makes perfect sense. Is there's a, a drain behind me here? I think is uh, off gas. I've been here five years. Two years ago, I decided to pull up. There's a fatigue mat over this floor, and uh, that's right about the time I tried to start unlocking the pine turfs. And what I get out of every pine strain, every pine strain. So there has to be something in that turf profile that can swing that way. It's more what I call a dragon fruit, basically. It's kind of like a sweet berry, maybe a slight pine hit to it. But there's just something in this environment that won't let that turf profile come out. But that's my favorite, too. That's what I ultimately am hunting for. Uh, it's very versatile. Uh, 
the pines are one for uh just kind of ptsd or clear-headed great good daytime smoke it's also good for the lungs uh for that aspect is it's amazing and then for a recreational smoke uh it's outstanding as well so one for basically one maybe a half one depending on your smoking habits it, to kind of clear the head and get get that fire lit but uh two two pine good pine joints and you're that you know smile ear to ear you know having a good conversation with people uh that's what i love that's why I want to get it back. I love a good smile and a good genuine laugh from the, you know, deep in the belly there. Pines definitely help with that. That's for sure. I'll, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll let me do a little more homework on that and find out the, the where that strain, uh, what the, the origination of that strain was, because it uh, really was strong. I've never, never noticed a, a strong pine like that before. Man. Well, there's been quite a few, I mean, come through here, you know, for the, the Northern Lights is a good one. I mean, there's lots of good ones. I've had the Xmas come through here, uh, the J1, and a bunch of really good. The Tiger King came through here. Tiger King actually was the strongest one to show somewhat of a pine turf. But again, after drying that, the berry, it's, it's really weird. And, uh, Unfortunately, now that uh, I figured it out, I won't be able to kind of run the answer, I guess, to kind of test the theory. <laughs> so we'll see. All I can oh. do is bring the, bring those strains back in a new environment and mm. see if they produce there, the pine turps. And then I can look back and go, yeah, there had to be something you know, in that environment, you know what I mean? It, all it can just confirm basically at that point. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah, I recall you you discussing that with Mr. 12 and 12 and uh, yeah, he had said that uh, on the one floor he couldn't grow and on the top floor he could. And uh, and the only difference would have been the, the possibility of, of those uh, gases coming off there. Yeah. So, it wouldn't necessarily be as simple as uh, plugging up the hole uh, because this is like permeated the all of your environment, I guess. Well, yeah, that's well, the hole has been plugged now for a good, I think I've had it plugged now for like two months. And I have brand pine, uh, the Chilumbium is supposed to have a nice pine base to it. And, uh, Although it's somewhat stronger, I can't say I can't say one hundred percent I've seen a full recovery of swing. You know what I'm saying? There could be some relationship there. Yeah. They were saying in chat, you need to smoke more. <laughs> uh, you or me? You. 
Uh, more, I Jesus, I, I'm stumbling and bumbling as it is, man. Uh, so I also very much still agree with the the growing aspect of it. It it can be very uh, very calming. There's definitely something to the cultivation side. That's where I think it. it like you said, there, there's where most people find the game changing finding that there is a true medical aspect to the plant is when they start to cultivate their own cannabis. I think that's where it kind of really clicks for a lot of people. Uh, you know, Eagle, I, I had a thought and I threw it out to, to our group uh, the other night, and I'd like to throw out that challenge to as many people uh, uh, as I can uh, get to. And that is uh, try to think of a friend who, um, is currently a smoker, but not necessarily a grower, and and uh, start a plant for them, like either from seed or from clone, get that plant started, and then give it to them as a gift, and uh, see what happens. You know, by this spring, if you can give give somebody a a plant as a gift, and just let them, and who knows, they may find that magic, they may find that passion. Um, it's happened to you and me and so many others. And uh, if we could just uh, encourage one more person to grow, uh, uh, that's a step in the right direction. I think it's doable. It is doable. I like the idea. I very much like the idea. Yeah. Yeah. So I think I'm going to encourage more and more people, and maybe I don't I don't need names, but I maybe just I, if I could start a list, uh, if, if people if if people are going to give me uh, the name of somebody else that they're they're going to encourage, and then and then be a bit of a mentor to them, and uh, and then at the end of the year, uh, see see you know see what happens, uh, and um, yeah. I think that happened uh, quite a bit, probably for not the same intentions here, but uh, and as soon as Michigan came recreational, I think that became the standard, to be honest with you, for a lot of folks, because uh, every household here in Michigan uh, recreationally came grow 12. So uh, the first year, I think in every year since, to be honest with you, uh, every uncle, grandma, you know, every relative, non-smoking, smoking relative, uh, a lot of cannabis consumers have stashed plants over <laughs> over their house uh, as either goodwill or just trying to overgrow uh, here in Michigan. So I've always thought that's kind of funny. I've seen it across the board. Grandmas with plants in their backyard, aunts, uncles, friends, you know. Uh, it's, it's a good time for campus. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, what are the limits up there in BC? Is it recreational for everybody or is it medical? Uh, one or the other, both. 
so it's uh, for recreational, uh, we're entitled to grow uh, four plants per household, uh, which quite honestly, it's very limiting. I, don't get me wrong, it's better than nothing, but it's, uh, it is still very, very limiting. Um, uh, if you're if you're trying to save, well, I mean, four plants, uh, yeah. So, uh, but it, um, in, for medical, uh, uh, the, that's based on between you and your doctor as to how many, uh, how much cannabis uh, they want there. They figure you need uh, to, to look after your, your ailment. So that varies uh, from person to person, but uh, the, the legally it's uh, uh, for recreational, it's four per household. So everybody does have a chance to, uh, you do have a good chance of getting everybody to grow there. Ab absolutely. Uh, there's a couple of provinces that have held out, but uh, hopefully that'll be that'll be reversed. But uh, yeah, so there. There, but I, I'm a, a little surprised, quite frankly. And again, that's uh, the reason. What the primary reason I, I wanted to start this channel was, uh, I'm quite surprised that there aren't more and more people that are taking advantage of it. Uh, it. it I don't know if it's. Uh, uh, the money at uh, the expense but then again it doesn't have to be it's it can be as expensive as you want it to be like if i'm giving the example of just growing one plant uh, in your window uh you know that's just just where you can start uh but um i've lost my lost my point there um no you can <laughs> talking about there about uh you don't understand why more people oh. don't take it out oh thank you yeah yeah um so is it the expense is it uh, is it uh, is it because it's uh, too confusing too overwhelming uh so I, I was hoping that i could you know create some simplicity around it um uh, or, or is it is it uh, just embedded in? Uh, now, a, a lot of people they they don't see the value. Uh, like I just like I, I for example, I I would like to think that I if I if I'm growing my own medicine, I know exactly if there's any pesticides uh, being used on it, uh, and exactly how it was being grown. Uh, and but even more importantly, uh, I can uh, I can uh, tailor that uh, that medicine to suit my own personal needs. If if and in today's uh, in today's uh, system, uh, you can't really do that. You 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 don't have a personal like in in Michigan at least the caregiver works closer with the patient, but we don't have any of that in Canada. Uh, uh, it, it's so distant. Like I, I can't, I can't contact uh, the, the provider and say, "Well, yeah, it helps with my sleep, but I, I, it doesn't really help with my inflammation." They, they, they don't know where to. You know, they're they're too big to be concerned about a, an individual and their needs. Uh, they're not going to, they're not going to grow a new strain just for me. Uh, so these are these are things that. Uh, but I, I think that in order for us to break down that stigmatism, we have 
to, I, I believe, show the medicinal benefits of this product, uh, show the medicinal value. It, it's, it's gotten such a bad name over the last hundred years uh, uh, as being, uh, as being a, a, such a, an evil drug that uh, if people can believe and understand uh, the medicinal value, I think it's going to break down that, uh, that stigma. I hope. I agree. You know, uh, I, again, I wish more people would uh, realize the other aspect of it, you know, the, the, what the gains they'll have from the cultivation side. You know, again, there's a lot of benefits from growing your own cannabis, from saving, your, saving money, you know, uh, quality of cannabis that you, you're consuming. Again, like you were pointing out, uh, you can control more of the effects of the cannabis you're consuming, uh, which is a lot of plus. I, while you were thinking, I was thinking there, man, I wish there was a larger database patient, you know, almost, and I hate, I know a lot of people are starting to hate this, but more of a bro science or patient science uh, database where they're putting in their inputs from their personal experiences, you know, what cultivars are helping with what, because it does take a lot of time to cultivate strains, you know, especially from seed. And if that one that you've chosen for one reason or another flavor, the picture you've seen, isn't the medicine that you you desire, you know what I mean? Like you said, you might want it for sleep or pain. You might not want that pine that's got you up and running or whatever, you know what I mean? There might be some variances there. And if there was a more wider swath of a database where you could just type in your symptoms and, you know, start from there, it would save a lot of patience and time. But as far as, you know, other benefits of growing there, I mean, education alone you know it starts with a very simple process and then it steamrolls into i want to learn more i you know i want to learn about training the plant or the you know there's tons ipm there's a lot of subjects to dive deeper and deeper in there and all of the all of which uh knowledge is power you know what i mean there's a lot to be said just for wanting to learn something it, it enriches you as a person and the deeper you get into it you know i think it enriches your soul you in a lot of ways so i think there's people there's a lot of aspects to home growing that people really really don't even consider you know what i mean or maybe not even believe it and i think you know the more that we get involved uh to get that fire started and i'm glad to see that you're on board on you know trying to do more in your region you know what i mean that's what it takes is a grassroots approach one-on-one -on -one to light that fire it's going to be key in the long run to making this possible for us all because you know bigger scale growing recreational grows once that takes place to where it's all on t-shirts and all that they're going to want to yank that home grow and the more people that we've got that you know ignited that fire in we're going to be able to stand shoulder to shoulder and protect our grows you know what i mean and that's 
it, it's it's going to be very key in the future, I think. Yeah. 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 That's a very good point. <clears throat> Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. I. Um, yeah. I. I want to. I, I want to uh, talk more about how excited I feel when I when I'm with my plant. Uh, it inspires me. Gives me a reason to get up in the morning. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Oh. Nice squirrel there. <laughs> hey, what you got is the more lemon berry there? No, I'm, I've decided I'm, I'm going to head, head, head into the GG4. I, I don't know what's possessed me to want to do this, but I'm doing it. <laughs> uh, follow your instincts, Uncle Rick. Follow your So, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm super glad that you are trying to get more and more people involved with uh, the cultivation of cannabis there. Uh, there are so many pluses there. So congrats to you on that level. The other thing I wanted to say about the, you know, you mentioned you think people make it too complicated. Um, you know, I think there's a lot of that to be said. You know what I mean? There's, for most folks, when we started out early in the days, there wasn't that information. We had to make it more as simplistic. But these days, and then don't get me wrong, there's amazing information going around right now about technical cannabis growing. You know what I mean? But for some of these beginners that are wanting to grow, I think uh, if they were to tune in on the Future Cannabis Project or something like that, then they would be uh, almost scared off, like they had just been thrown into a, a college course. And you know what I mean? I think I think that there's something to be said about that as well. I think a lot of these approaches of teaching new people how to grow should be more simplistic. <laughs> to be honest with you. More but, uh, yeah. friendly. Yeah, I, I, I hear you. But uh, yeah, yeah. So you could maybe tune into one of these programs and, and uh, yeah, get the wrong impression. But uh, there's room, obviously. Uh, I mean, uh, I've, I've really appreciated and, and benefited from, from so much of that information. But, uh, but yeah, that. that that's that's a very good point and and that's something that's something that has crossed my mind thinking gee if if a new grower could a, a new grower could easily be intimidated uh if they if they didn't realize that it is only a weed and and uh it, it can be pretty basic yeah i'm i'm i'm, I'm going with that autopot system um uh, uh, which you know it pretty much feeds itself um, uh, and uh, I was going to go auto flower but then I thought for my first grow again trying to think as a new grower uh, auto flowers they can be finicky I mean you can get lucky but you know you don't get a second chance with them so I thought no maybe better that a new grower learn uh, on uh, on photo period so so again, like a new grower, that's what I'm going to do. 
and and just four plants and and i don't know try to, try to keep it you know a basic feeding regime uh basic uh, training basic trellising yeah just try to keep it simple and uh hopefully encourage others to to try it as well there's just so i just been... yeah go ahead i was gonna mix it up a little bit there i was gonna be i was gonna ask you <laughs> what has been your favorite place to uh consume cannabis as uh have you been to a good event where uh concerts you know uh what's been oh. some of the funnest places you've consumed oh my god uh, i gotta make a list now you just brought back way too many memories let me start with let me start with this concert this uh i was smoking uh, a strain called uh sumatra and at the time i forget what the, the what the price of pot was in those days but my buddy had found this and it was twice whatever we normally pay it was twice as much from sumatra and I said, well, there's no way I'm going to pay that. And he said, well, suit yourself because it's almost gone. So, uh, so, but then we smoked one and uh, never got so high. And, but I, uh, I think, I think he, I think maybe he split his with me, but that's, that was the end of that. Anyway, we went to the, so me and this other buddy went to this concert. It was uh, Emerson Lake and Palmer. And uh, I remember him and I, found our way to the parking lot and he was a little dizzy and said, well, I'll, I'll, I'll meet you. I'll meet you inside. So I said, okay. So I, I took off, I went inside and it was, uh, it was about half time when I remembered him. I had totally forgotten. He was with me, but that he was still back in the car. And suddenly he, he sat down beside me while I couldn't believe that he had found his way back to me but anyway i guess he had he had uh, he had passed out and uh, and woke up and then found his way into the concert uh, anyway that was my experience with sumatra but uh, uh, you also asked about other other air oh okay okay here's here's a good one so at one point i used to work for um, the uh, the BC Ferry Service. We've got quite a, a, a quite a, a a ton of islands that uh, throughout the the West Coast, and they're all provided uh, ferry service. And anyway, I worked on on this ferry, and uh, at the the uh, the um, the di uh, the uh, the galley is at the stern of the ship. And then the restaurant was in front of the, I was a waiter and the restaurant was in front of the galley. And uh, so what we used to do is we used to go up behind the galley and smoke pot. And uh, so this, so you could only go out uh, onto the, I think it might've been called the poop deck or rear deck. I forget what they call it. Anyway, you can only get out there from one side of the, of the, the ferry. So, and it was on the port side. So 
me and buddy were on the starboard side smoking a joint my other buddy was standing right in the in the middle so he could see us and he could also see uh my boss coming through this door over here well we couldn't see him because we were standing over here so uh my buddy he had no no way to warn us and he said uh he said rick he says uh you know the boss is here and i looked at him and i thought well what are you doing and 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 my boss he heard him heard frank say to warn me and he thought he's gonna play a little trick on me so he grabbed a mop my boss grabbed a mop and he come running around the the ship running all the way around like this towards me with this mop now i'm in the middle of smoking a joint and he's running at me with this fucking mop scared the shit out of me so now that wasn't probably one of the better places where i smoked a joint but that was that was an exciting one that was an exciting one <laughs> It'd be a little bit easier to take that mute button off. Uh, oh. What has been uh, your favorite career? Uh, sounds like you've done a couple of things. Uh, what have you liked to done as a career? Uh, well, my yeah, my favorite and yeah, my my best career. I, I've been in sales. I've been a suit pretty much uh, all my my career life uh and sales most of my life but uh for 17 years i represented a, a publishing company children's book schemes and puzzles and uh it was a really it was a really rewarding rewarding in the sense that uh, uh I, I was selling children's books so i was you know giving the lift the the gift of literacy and uh you know i really uh i i really appreciated that so we were we were Represented the uh, well, the largest publisher of children's books in the world. Uh, we had all the biggies, the Sesame Streets, and the Disneys, and the, all the all of that stuff. And yeah, so that was a that was a, a really good time. <clears throat> but that was the first time I I got busted, and I really I really blew that one. I uh, I was down in California when it when it happened. And uh, I had, uh, I had, uh, and it was a long weekend. I did not have a lawyer on retainer. And uh, I did, I, uh, I thought, well, you know, I mean, I didn't know what, I didn't know what to think, what was going to happen. And uh, for a reason that I, to this day, I'll never, I'll never understand. I decided to uh, to write a letter of resignation to my company because I thought, well, they're going to find out that I'm going to be fired. So I may as well, you know, beat the, uh, you know, so I'll, I'll just send my letter. So I was sitting at a pool in Los Angeles somewhere uh, writing my letter of resignation. And and then I then I then we started heading back. I thought, well, I got to face I got to face this. And uh, um, it wasn't until like the Monday or Tuesday that I finally got in touch with a lawyer and, and he said, uh, he said, uh, where are you? And I said, well, I'm on my way back from California. And, 
And he said, oh, turn around and go back. I'll deal with everything here. And I said, no, no, you don't understand. <laughs> I'm pulling my hair out here. And uh, no, I'm not turning back. And he said, so, so he, it was no big deal to him, but it was certainly a big deal to me. <laughs> kind of cost me that 17-year career, but uh, that's okay. I've had, the, I've had my highs and my lows. And, and if it wasn't for everything I went through, I wouldn't be here with you right now. Well, I'd be grateful for that turn myself, to be honest <laughs> with you. So... Was it? I gotta. I'm curious. I'm just real curious because I watched a thing last night on Amazon uh, about. So were you doing publishing of when the time that uh, Amazon came out, or was yeah, competing? Uh, no, I was. Uh, I left there in. Uh, oh boy, around nine about 1995 around 1995 so uh amazon amazon um yeah they they were uh they had they had big they had big box stores uh or was it amazon yeah but we were we were more uh we weren't as much into the hardcover the 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 type of books that amazon was carrying at the time we were more like coloring books and crayons and games and puzzles and 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 activity books uh really focusing on children just uh little golden books uh you know just all that that kind of stuff so so it wasn't really a factor uh when uh, costco came to canada um uh we we we, we served uh, we served costco that was a that was a big boon for our business but uh by the time i left the company um Amazon wasn't really uh, wasn't as big a factor. No. I think we did like yeah. like barely five percent of our business with retail stores like that. Well, uh, I think me as far as like the bricks and mortar thing, maybe uh, thinking of like maybe Barnes and Nobles or something like that because that was the thing. Because it was kind of an interesting story. And I didn't quite realize that's how it had started either, but that's where it all started with Amazon was with um, publishing. And when he started Amazon, it was all on the internet. It was, there was no store, no nothing. And he wanted to build a, catalog, uh, a catalog online because it could be, it was something that you couldn't basically house. You could have a bigger catalog like that, and he kind of—it uh, was a weird story on how uh, he tried to drive out the little guys and then, you know, partner up with a lot of the big publisher companies and stuff like that. And it was—it was, it was uh, a weird evolution to see him come from a guy selling books and publishing to see what Amazon had come today. But I was wondering, you know, coming from like a publishing standpoint, I was wondering, I was, I guess, if you could confirm some of the shit that they were saying about Amazon, uh, 
hardballing them and shit like that. That's why I asked if you were in publishing kind of at that same time as uh, the early phases of Amazon. So I, I hear you really, well, if you weren't a big guy, like I said, he tried to really force you out. <laughs> all yeah, the yeah. publishing business. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Un completely uncannabis related, but I just, like I said, I happened to watch it last night and you happened to mention it today, publishing. I was just curious. Uh, you remember when uh, when Bezos got it started, Amazon? You know, I don't. I can't remember the exact date uh, which it was. I'm yeah. going to say like early 90s, like 98, 99, something like okay. that. Yeah. Yeah, they weren't really a factor when, when I was uh, repping them. So how'd that uh, GG4 hit you, Uncle Ray? Oh, we're doing, we're doing great here. Had to put that out. Had to put that out a little early. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be back. Right I'll be back. He's he's not far from me. <laughs> oh, so Miss Thunder Dan was wanting me to ask you about the aquaponics system in the trash. That's what he said. <laughs> <laughs> oh God, I love I love you, Thunder Dan, and uh, it, you're just one of the reasons why I don't have my my chat open today. Not that I don't love everybody there, but uh, yeah, no. So I've got uh, on on. Good advice for my friends. I decided, uh, like normally, I, I I've got goldfish, and these they're like five years old, and uh, they uh, normally I bring them in every winter, and I put them in a ten gallon tank. Well, they shit so much, and of course my problem, I keep feeding them, and of course if I stop feeding them, they wouldn't shit maybe. But and, and so I spend my whole winter cleaning these, uh, cleaning this tank. So this year, uh, I thought, fuck it. So I got a 45-gallon uh, 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 garbage can, and uh, that's where they're spending their winter. And I haven't had to, I've threw an air stone in there. I haven't cleaned it once. As a matter of fact, I was feeding my, uh, feeding my, uh, my, um, my plants here for the last couple of months. So uh, we're recycling their, uh, their work over there. It's been a great symbiotic relationship, <laughs> me and my goldfish. <laughs> I'd be trying to feed it to my plants as well, to be honest with you, if I had some fish. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, I don't know about the nitrogen near the end. I, I've got to find out a little bit more about that, if it's too much nitrogen. But uh, other than that, it's probably good for them. Act as well. They've been good tonight. They've been good. They've said lots of good things. Oh, well, thank you. <laughs> yeah, but if I was reading it, uh, then they'd. Uh... <laughs> so, what's well, your favorite way to consume cannabis? Are you mainly a joint smoker like myself? Do you prefer extracts, bowl of hash? Uh, What's your favorite way to consume? 
Yeah, so I enjoy uh, smoking joints uh, and uh, I enjoy, I've got this bong here. I enjoy this one. I also enjoy uh, hash. I like to press my rosin and or my uh, my keef into hash. I'm not really big on the dabs. Uh, I, I enjoy them every now and then, but uh, I unless I do a cold start, I find them a little bit harsh. Not really used to it yet. A little bit of everything. Uh, yeah. I I go in waves with the, the dabs there. You know, they seem to like, I enjoy the intense high of it, but I can feel, I can always feel that in my chest afterwards. And that's the part of, you know, after a few days or just even a few good dabs in a day, you know, yeah. I can feel the weight in my chest. And I don't know. Maybe. Yeah. I've just missed my prime for dabbing or what? <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so who's who has been uh, your favorite guest? Well, I guess what has been your favorite topic you've covered so far on uh, any of the shows that you've been in? Oh my goodness! Um, well, <clears throat> we're we are leaning a lot towards the medicinal benefits of cannabis. Uh, I I really enjoy. Um, we like to interview people and take them uh, take us into their grows. Uh, enjoy a lot of that. We. Um, we will have a, a, a controversial uh, topic uh, coming up this Wednesday. Um, we've uh, we're we're doing a uh, the, the the subject is going to be uh, indigenous uh, uh, history and uh, culture, and um, and just some of the things that uh, that uh, First Nations people are are going through today, and um, uh, so. Uh, and and uh, the medicine and, and healing, uh, uh, a lot of it's got to do with healing. So, uh, uh, looking forward to the looking forward to the program. It sounds like a great episode. Yeah, uh, unique episode. Looking forward to catching it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Green Goddess, uh, as you know, is uh, indigenous, and uh, so she's putting together a, a, a panel uh, uh, for uh, to discuss the whole thing. So it's going to be very interesting. Nice, nice. I yeah, I can appreciate it. I really do. Yes. So have you ever grown outdoors? Is it possible? I mean, I know uh, Canada has some short seasons up there, but uh, you're in particular locale. Are you able to grow outdoors? The, uh, the, the short answer is no. <clears throat> uh, I, uh, Lord knows I've tried. I've tried. I, I've, uh, I have a beautiful uh, uh, spot up here, uh, just over an acre uh, with the southern exposure and uh, I, I pretty much tried every year that I've been here. Uh, one year I had 60 plants growing uh, here. 
uh, and they're all, you know, six foot plus, uh, but never could get them to finish. Never, never. Uh, the last few years, I've been trying different uh, stages of autoflower, uh, and again, uh, without a lot of success. But uh, not going to give up. I'm uh, I'm doing the autoflower thing again. I we're we're quite a ways north. Uh, like I think the the Canada U.S. border is about the 49th parallel, and we're around 53 or 54, um, which uh, just about makes photo period impossible to grow outdoors uh, unless you're using light deprivation, which is unfortunate. But um, but anyways, I, I'm 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 determined to uh, to, to get uh, a, a decent number of autoflowers going this year. Last year we faced uh, forest fires and heat waves, and uh, and then we had some uh, so, some other many other challenges. It's funny, you know. We don't. Uh, I, I hear unfortunate people complain about uh, wildlife and and um, insects and so on outdoors. And that's if there's anything good about the area that we live in, we we don't seem to have a, a serious problem with uh, with uh, uh, outdoor varmints. But uh, but if you can't finish off your plants, uh, oh geez. Uh, so one year, I had how many? Did, well, I uh, I should be able to remember because uh, I think it was twenty. I think I had twenty plants growing in ten gallon pots. And um, they were all at least six feet tall. But again, it's uh, uh, probably uh, early October and uh, these plants aren't gonna finish. And uh, so I'm talking to my buddy and I said, yeah, well, here we go again, another year of failure. And uh, he said, well, look, uh, I've just taken down my crop. Uh, and uh, if you want, you're welcome to use my, uh, my room to finish these things off. And uh, I thought for a moment, I thought, well, gee, that's, uh, that's very thoughtful of you. Uh, but then when I forgot to, uh, I forgot to uh, take into consideration is this place is two and a half hours each way from where I live, two and a half hours. That's a two and a half hours plus an hour or more of work there and uh, two and a half hours back. And I do that uh, two to three times a week for about a month and a half. And still, still I was very disappointed with the, with the turnout of the crop. It was, oh my goodness. <laughs> oh, and so I, I, um, I can tell you that uh, 20, uh, either 19 or 20 10 gallon pots fit, fit perfectly into a, uh, one of those uh, horse trailers. It could be like a, I don't know, 10 foot horse trailer, six foot wide. And I loaded all these plants into this horse trailer and, uh, and then heading to this place, there's one point where we're going down a, a steep grade and it goes for like probably a good five miles like this. And, uh, and I was, I had to pump the brakes all the way down. Oh my goodness. What a, what a trip. What a trip. <laughs> the things we do. Right. <laughs> so have you ever tried, uh, the autos indoors? 
the uh, no, no, I have not. Um, I tried. Uh, I tried about twenty of them uh, outdoors uh, two years ago. They all got about. Uh, I thought I might have enough to roll uh, uh, maybe a joint per plant, but it turned out I got about enough to roll one joint out of all twenty plants. Uh, and then last year I, I subjected them to so much abuse, uh, heat, and uh, torrential downpour. Uh, so, but I, again, I'm not going to give up. So, this will be my my third run at them. I think I'm gonna I, I'm gonna be better. I'm gonna do better this time. <laughs> Brother, I haven't had much luck with them myself. I've only tried them two, three times at best, and every time I have, I've had. I don't know if it's a breeder. It's practically you have to forget what you know. But most point, last time uh, it, they were just they were regular autos at that, and oh, it was just a miserable experience. I put down five, thinking, yeah, I'm gonna try out these autos, give them another chance, and then they. I was talking. It was during one of our episodes on. Uh, the bro show there Skillbo says uh they started to show sex yet and i'm like what he's like yeah those were rags and i'm like that just that's a fucking cruel joke right there <laughs> what the fuck <laughs> you know what i mean <laughs> yeah that shouldn't even be a fucking thing and yeah three of the five ended up being male and at that point i was like I totally just didn't even give a shit at that point, to be honest with you. I practically shut off the light and just let the other ones just kind of die out. I was just over over that little project, you know what I'm saying? I was like, yeah. So yeah, that was my last. Uh, it isn't necessarily usually, you know, user or uh, grower error or whatever, but man, yeah. Hopefully, Hopefully you come across some better genetics. Yeah. I yeah yeah I think that may be the key. I, I think uh, we've got a lot to learn still about autoflowers, but they've come a long way. They've come a long way. Uh, can you give me a rough idea uh, where uh, approximately where you live in uh, in Michigan? Like if this sure. is Michigan, uh, you're in northern Michigan. I got the impression, or if, uh, near Lucerne. I'm like more like up in this area, you know. I'm okay. Close okay. to the tip, but not quite. Okay, so. Oops. So you're fairly close to the Canadian border. Yeah. Yeah, not really. I mean, I'd have to. Probably go north and over, I guess, to get to Canada or south. Or Port Huron, I guess, would be my closest over, right? Okay, okay. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm trying to think of the 49th parallel. But uh, but then the, the Great Lakes, they come down into into or uh, Michigan, of course. Yeah. 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 Um. So do you? So you don't do much outdoor growing then? Oh no, 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 not at all. Yeah, because I'm a caregiver and a, a, oh. a perpetual grower. 
you know, at that there's always usable kind of flower or harvest ready. I don't like to necessarily poke the bear too much or encourage people into thinking there's you know, cannabis growing on the property. So I usually tend to stray away from it. Uh-huh. Uh, I do kind of use the outdoors as a little bit of a, a buffer, if you will, <laughs> to be honest with you. Uh, there's times to where, uh, because of numbers, very limited to numbers, uh, and the recreational and the medical have to be split up, basically. Uh-huh. So there's times where, you know, if uh, I want to save a plant or re-veg a plant, I may throw it outdoors and kind of consider it to be uh, recreational. <laughs> okay. Until she comes, until she comes back around, and then I can take some cuts off it, and then you know, whatever happens to it at that point happens to it. But there's usually not a whole lot of love given to it out there after that point. But yeah, uh, I I went to give it a shot like two years ago, and then uh, yeah, I had some problems with the neighbor. Uh, on that on the property line so basically like right around the area i was eyeballing to put some plants oddly enough uh the people behind me the property behind me decides to put a camper like right on the property line the overlooking like that that area I was like, son of a <laughs> Out of all these years, you know, coincidentally, this year, that's where you want to drop something. Right. <laughs> so, yeah. No. So, no. I tend this way from it. Hmm. Yeah. 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 Well, I, I I loved growing outdoors. I just have never really had much success at it. But uh, uh, boy, getting the uh, getting the plants underneath that natural sunlight is uh, is a uh, is pretty exciting. And then they they grow so big. Oh my God! Even if they don't finish off, it's just great to look up at a plant. <laughs> Oh, that sun can definitely do some stuff for them, you know, especially as far as health purposes. You can take it, definitely take a, a sickly strain from the indoors and put it outdoors for a month or so and bring them back a lot of vigor to that plant. Yeah, yeah. Another good reason to throw them outdoors for, you know, <laughs> a minute or two to kind of revenge and do their thing. They come back quite vigorous after that point. Yeah, definitely. <clears throat> I guess you have to worry a little bit about uh, the IPM, but uh, but other than that, it's a good thing to do. Eh? Oh, yeah, it's worth it. Oh, I, I didn't read the, the whole, I did, the uh, description of this lemon berry. Uh, Dabney Blue imparts its berry flavors and the sweet aroma of blueberry muffins 
typical of strains influenced by DJ Short's blueberries line. Very nice. Are you partial to any breeders? Um, I, I, I guess the short answer would be no, but uh, I have to say, uh, I, I like to support the, the different different uh, bra, uh, podcasts uh, that, you know, have, have been affected and helped my life. Uh, and if I don't, uh, if I don't uh, contribute through Patreon or some other means, uh, then, uh, well, I got Irie Army's uh, sweatshirt or, or what do you call it? And, uh, and this next run, uh, I'm growing, I'm running uh, his, uh, his, um, uh, oh, shoot, Orange Gasm and uh, uh, Lemon Jeffrey. So that'll, that'll be uh, this next run. So uh, am I partial to them? Not necessarily. Uh, are uh are um i've grown uh from uh actually he's our sponsor for the caribou heart t uh, tv show uh would be uh <laughs> smoke too much pot tonight it'll come to me in a second uh he's our sponsor and uh he does uh, he does a lot of the uh, autoflower seeds uh uh, come on, somebody in chat, like somebody help me here for God's sakes. Uh, <laughs> and uh, so I've grown his, his line before and, uh, and um, yeah, so, oh, I got a note on Instagram. Somebody just. I got a lot of respect for, uh, Ross and Jeff, their uh, breeder interaction, I think, is uh, pretty cool and pretty key these days uh, for them to kind of answer their uh, emails and DMs, kind of how to grow their strains. But uh, yeah, I, I, I do have a lot of respect for the Irie Army, I guess. And his uh, Grow from, from the Heart podcast. Uh, puts out a lot of fantastic information out there and um yeah um and um and then he, he the company that represents well one of the companies that re represents him would be uh, seeds here now um uh, i've i've developed uh, i like I, i've got i get the impression that they're a credible company uh, from what I've picked up from from our from our our groups of people here, but like I said, I, I'm, I've just been dabbling in the seed in the seed business. I'm really really looking forward to it. Uh, I was gifted some seeds from uh, from uh, Rathufa, and uh, that'll be part of my first uh, my first run. And uh, I won some seeds uh, through uh, Sweet Johnny Farms and. Uh, They'll be lined up for my runs, and uh, yeah, I'm really looking forward to having a lot of fun with it. it it'll it's more of a fun thing. I mean, don't get me wrong; the other thing is fun. It's just it's uh, it's more like work, but it's it's still a shitload of fun. <laughs> right on. Said, uh, I think in chat there, uh, was it Mendocino 2020 you were thinking about? 
this web store throughout? Um, I yes, I've given some thought to that, and I actually I I I just got some seeds from uh, is it uh, Mephisto? Some auto flowers. Yeah. 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 Okay. And uh, and yeah. And I'm I want to try them. I was just watching a podcast from uh, Humboldt Seed Company. Uh, I guess there's a, a lot of uh, a lot of good names out there. But it certainly helps when you know you have people within your group. Uh, you know that you could just turn to them and say, "Who do you recommend for this type of seed?" And and uh, yeah, it's a it's a it's a good thing. I got. I just. I've got. I've got to say that the uh, the relationships and the friendships that uh, that uh, I've developed, uh, we, we've developed uh, over this last year is, is just unbelievable. Uh, I I don't want to do any name dropping, but uh, I mean, you mentioned Thunder Dan earlier, and uh, just you know, Stony. Uh, yeah, I, I got to be careful. I don't. I don't want to get started, but there's just so many. Just incredible people. <laughs> Coming, you talking to a guy that does shout outs every, you know, almost yeah. every episode. You Absolute. know what I mean? Absolute. So if you want to do some name droppings, go right ahead, brother. Oh, There's so my many goodness. great people that deserve some shout outs, man. Oh, so my goodness. Hurt my feelings. You want to put <laughs> some names. Go right ahead. Yeah. So, well, with me, it, 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 it has to start with caribou. Uh, it was him that introduced me to this whole, this whole lifestyle. And, uh, and, and then of course the crew from caribou, uh, uh, just a fantastic bunch of people. And, um, it was, uh, I, I had in my mind for quite some time to, to put together an, another, another podcast. Uh, but it was, uh, bees above that, uh, he finally put the prod into me and, and uh, put, got me over the starting line and uh, got me going there. So I'll always be grateful for that. And, and he took a little bit of a break from the show, but uh, uh, Green Goddess uh, stepped in and uh, she's been uh, uh, co-hosting uh, with me. And, uh, and that's been a blessing for sure. Uh, and then all the other, the, the side, gee, Bay. Blue Kiss Gardens, where like where does it stop? I mean, it's just uh, oh my goodness, uh, it, it's just been an incredible ride, just an incredible ride. Yeah, <laughs> it is an amazing community, forever building is the the nice thing about it. I'm pretty grateful for my my little place in it too, my friend. Uh, yeah. Some of the best people I've met, I've met through my cannabis journey, hanging out in chat, chat rooms, hanging out with uh, in some pools, forum, his little YouTube thing, his Instagram. I used to love the, the lives. So, you know, yeah. there's a lot to be said with the people, the knowledge that comes from this community. It's uh, pretty diverse. And we are like we were talking about with uh, Mr. Uh, 12 and 12 there is uh, the diversity of people, you know, the walks of life 
in the cannabis community. It's easy to whatever subject you're talking about or earlier as you can. Come on, Chad, help me. There's always, no matter what subject it is, you throw that question out there. You know what I mean? No matter how diverse the subject, there's always one guy. Sometimes it always kind of throws me for a loop uh, where the information comes from because now, you know, I haven't done necessarily, I don't know everyone, you know what I mean? I haven't done a one-on-one and I haven't seen everybody's face shit like that. So sometimes it's like left field when you see some answers come from, you're like, well, really? You're trying to still put together, you know? Yeah, yeah. But yeah, it's an amazing thing. So I have to ask you, um, you uh, close off your shows uh, usually uh, by making reference to uh, acts of kindness. So I'm, and that, uh, that also that, uh, that, uh, that you have been the recipient. uh, So you know exactly what, uh, what you're talking about. Uh, And so I want to ask you about, uh, about those. uh, But I just want to tell you a little bit about one little act of kindness that, it really, it really hit me, and it really made me think so much about acts of kindness. Or, or I'm not a religious person, but uh, do unto others as you would have them do unto you. Uh, that that type of thing, and uh, and give, and you will receive, or or give and uh, expect to receive, even if you're, uh, if if you if you do a random act of kindness over here, it may come back to you from a completely different area. Uh, Anyway, I was uh, at uh, one of the low points of my life. And like I said, there's been a lot of high points and low points, but if not for each and every one of them, uh, I wouldn't be here with you right now. Uh, Anyway, this was a low point. I was uh, delivering pizzas for a, for a, uh, a Greek restaurant and, uh, and um, the, the parking area was at the back of the restaurant and there were stairs going down to the, to the, the back of the restaurant. And uh, anyway, I got out of the vehicle and uh, Buddy approached me and said, hey man, uh, you know, I, um, I need some money for gas. Uh, could, could you spare a few bucks? And and quite frankly, I, I really couldn't, but uh, I, uh, I don't know, there's something, something came. Anyway, so I gave him a few bucks and uh, I went into the restaurant and uh, was speaking with the owner's wife. And, and I related the story of what just happened in the back, in the backyard. And she looked at me and she said, you give with one hand and you take with the other, or you receive with the other, you give with one hand and you receive with the other. And I looked at her and I thought, yeah, I guess that's the way it works. Uh, you give and you receive. Uh, anyway, <laughs> uh, I just wanted to tell that little story. But uh, uh, like I said, there's, there's got to be a story there with you about random acts of kindness. Yeah, I took a deep breath. I could see a little bit what's going on there, buddy. <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. <laughs> uh, yeah, I guess. Huh. Have a talk. Now you got to watch me squirm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
By the way, by the um, way, you're catching it. Go ahead. Go ahead. This will be a toughie. Um, this is a toughie. So basically, um, okay. uh, yeah, it all stems from, I don't know if I can do this. Um, The multiple chances I've been given, I guess. First dropped off, uh, just dropped off on somebody's porch when I was six. <laughs> Me and my brother. So I embraced for a good long time. Ah. Uh, from the, a great man who didn't have to, you know what I mean? One of the biggest acts I've ever seen. And then uh, again at 16 on my own and uh, helped out many a times from many people. So, yeah. I've actually been on, on my own since 16. Uh, and yeah, cannabis has been huge through my life. Uh, I've actually had to hustle it at several points to uh, just to stay alive, you know? So yeah, let's just say I've seen many, many. Toughest question I've ever been asked, Uncle Rick. <laughs> but it uh, it makes you the man you are today, my friend. Yeah. And I don't even know if you realize how much you you give back to this community. Uh, I, I, I I I feel I feel it all. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's a tough comeback, really. <laughs> I've been avoiding that question for uh, so long, to be honest with you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, there's a lot to it. It's very heartfelt when I say that night after night. I have a I do believe in those words. Uh -huh. yeah. yeah, yeah. No, it's uh, good words to live by. Absolutely. Yeah. Don't be selfish. Give. Yes, sir. I am. Cannabis has definitely had a, a, a huge backbone with me, you know, like I said, from early on uh, to current, it's uh, had a hell of an evolution with me, when, why, you know, reasons I keep around currently, you know, uh, the evolution has been incredible. Would I change any of it? 
You know what I mean? Uh, but uh, like you said, some of the greatest people I've ever met has been through the cannabis community. Even it might have even been his fronts. <laughs> you know what I mean? That chances of running for a minute to build up some cash or whatever. But man, uh, I've had a lot of help, a lot of knowledge, uh, a lot of reasons to fight for this plan, uh, my friend. So it's, uh, it's incredible. And nowadays, it's definitely, as I said kind of earlier, you said, it definitely starts off at some point recreationally, but uh, these days it's all medical. I've seen that transition of uh, it saves lives. You know what I mean? Not necessarily just be a good time or a crutch or a break from a situation, but I, I see, I truly see the power in the plant of cultivation. Like we talked about the, the relief from stress and anxiety, the lie of your mind, take a break and, and just fade into nature, even if it's in temporary indoor nature. But uh, to get people off of opiates, I've seen, you know, terrible opiate addiction through my journey. And uh, we can save anybody's life and get them off of that ease anybody's pain, as I talked about with Mr. N12 and 12. Uh, quality of life is huge. And I see uh, the impact of the quality of life that cannabis can give, not just as a medicine, but cultivation, the community. Uh, it's huge, you know what I mean? So, Yeah, definitely. Yeah, one thing that uh, that I I perceive as uh, it should be pretty obvious is that uh, is uh, for the treatment of uh, PTSD. Uh, there, there's two two symptoms of, of uh, PTSD that uh, that uh, are seem to be quite common. One is that uh, like cannabis uh, has the ability to uh, uh, suppress uh, dreams, uh, i.e. nightmares. And, and a lot of people that suffer from PTSD have nightmares. Uh, also, cannabis has a, uh, a tendency to keep you in the present rather than think about the past, where maybe some of these traumatic uh, cases took place. Uh, so cannabis is helping you, you know, deal with uh, staying focused in the present and, and, uh, and uh, reducing or eliminating nightmares. Pretty straightforward there. For sure, for sure. Uh, it's endless the amount of benefits there is from this plant. I, 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 it does. It suppress. I don't have a lot of dreams. I don't dream a whole lot. I actually think I dream more when I'm awake than when I do sleeping for some reason. But uh, yeah, I think it's a hundred percent because of my heavy cannabis use that uh, I don't remember my dreams. I don't think that I don't dream. I just I'm not remembering for yeah. one reason or another. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah. Giving me some cred, incredible cred there in that chat. They're giving me lots of love. Well, let me just try oh, to think of. Let me just try to think of uh, uh, the uh, the weed nerd go like the. Now uh, I've met. I've met. Uh, uh, I've met. Uh, Mr. Greenfingers, uh, he came on. He came on the show one time and got to know him and uh, and uh, Loyalty Organics. And uh, uh, he came on the show. And uh, Stony Rockefeller's been on the show. Thunder Dan has been on the show. Um, and uh, Loyalty Organics took a tour of uh, the uh, the expo in Las Vegas, and we're putting together a a, a bit of a a show on, on that alone so that'll be fun and uh and then and some of the people that i haven't had the pleasure of meeting but hope to is uh, uh johnny canaseed and uh, uh uh oh it just goes on and on uh, so what happened was i quite frankly when i got into podcasts what like uh, participating in podcasts and then watching podcasts and and quite frankly i i'd look at your show and think my goodness it was so intimidating because it could be like four five six eight hours long and i and i didn't really know how to how to deal with it but uh, i just I, I i saw enough bits and pieces and i had had enough recommendations that i thought i just got to give this a i got to give this a try and uh, well once I've got my life full of podcasting and watching other podcasts, when do you think I'm going to find time for Eagle, Eagle Gardens? I mean, I'm already out of time. And, uh, but somehow I just, you know, you, if it's important enough, you make time. And, uh, and it's really been a pleasure getting to know you and all of your crew. Uh, uh, SoCal. I just can't wait to, the opportunity to say, fuck you, you fucking fuck. <laughs> uh, I definitely <laughs> enjoy SoCal's uh, I, the realness. Um, yeah, I appreciate that. That's man's A lot of respect to him. Johnny Canisee, all them, everybody listed great people in the community that's for sure yeah. again yeah. all all old every one of these meets to the planet man you know what i mean uh -huh. as you were talking about earlier uh the the people you've gotten to meet just in the last few years from the opportunities uh through doing the shows and stuff like that uh it's incredible yeah 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 yeah, yeah. The other thing I really like is uh, it, they, it transcends from community to community. You know what I mean? Uh, for most people I talk to, I try to, and I think it's true, I think there's a, a fine line between cannabis community and cannabis industry. And the cannabis community is huge. It's the heart of it all. Uh, you be honest with you. I think the, the things that kind of go bad, go sour, the partnerships, blah, 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 all happens 
in the industry end of it all where uh monetary value all kind of steps in unto it all but man the, the community the people that do it because they love it and all that amazing people amazing people yeah yeah amazing absolutely amazing yeah yeah so how'd you end up at the hydroponics store and uh was that a fun job uh yeah the short answer is yes um uh, this young fella opened up a hydroponic store um about 10 minutes i i live about half an hour from uh, uh from uh 100 mile house which is a, a community of maybe a, a couple of thousand people and uh, uh it, it's about half an hour drive uh this fella opened up a hydroponic store uh about 10 minutes away and uh it was i i swear well i i can figure it out pretty quickly uh it was probably uh, 12 by 20 12 feet by 20 feet and uh, that was a complete the whole size of this store uh he did he'd been bringing a 40-foot trailer uh parked it beside the, the the store and anyway i was in there one day i, I mean it was just so convenient uh, uh picking up supplies and uh and i was getting to know him and a, a likable young fella and and he was complaining about um not being able to keep his keep any staff and uh i said well look i'll, I'll I'll give you one day a week. Uh, and uh, uh, he said, okay. So um, that's what we agreed to. And, and then it, it was like within eight months or so, he uh, decided he found another location in, in town. So uh, he moved and I stuck with him for a little bit longer, but uh, it, it, it took a little bit of the fun out of it. And, and in that time, I, I, I was probably there well, close to a year, and uh, and it was just a just a, a ton of fun, and and uh, and that's how I met Caribou. So I'm grateful for for him for uh, for meeting Caribou, and uh, but I never took a pay. I only worked one day a week, and I think uh, like getting fifteen or twenty bucks an hour, but. Uh, I just take everything in supplies. <laughs> I was uh, I kept myself well stocked in uh, cocoa and and uh, perlite and <laughs> everything I needed, <laughs> so it was good that way. And it got me out of the house, but I miss my dogs and <laughs> and when it stopped becoming fun, then I thought, no, I better better not play anymore. <laughs> I would think that'd be a good introduction to. Uh doing something like this the one-on-one -on -one with the, the guys people walking in you know the banner with uh new growers and stuff exactly like exactly and and uh you know something i i don't have one in front of me but i as a matter of fact that i i had this like as soon as they legalized recreational i thought okay there's a business here like some type of consultant now keeping in mind i had no idea about all of this what we're doing right now here and now all this podcasting stuff i have no idea it even existed like somehow it just went right by me uh where was i go oh so but anyways i thought yeah 
there's got to be a consulting business. I'll set up uh, new growers with their four plants. You know, they'll have a tent and they'll and and then I'll get them all set up and I don't know how much I'll charge them, maybe a couple of hundred bucks to get them going and and then I'll give them free consultations by telephone or something. Uh, and uh, and but then I, in reality, you know, like, hey, I'm retired, like, uh, you know, I, I don't need to start a new business. And, and in, in addition to that, like I said, like my community probably is probably in the middle of summer, uh, maybe 200 people uh, and a couple of thousand uh, half an hour away. And then I'd have to drive another hour and a half to get to another community. Uh, it's just not practical. But I was still so believed so much. I went out. I had um, business cards printed. I had, like, I don't know, a, a box, uh, maybe 500 cards printed. And then I got them, and I forget what. I, they weren't that expensive, like 30 or 40 bucks or something. And, and then I, I looked at the card, and I thought, nah, it's not quite right. So I, I ordered another 500. <laughs> Knowing, like, I'll never, I'll, I'll never create any kind of a business, but I, at least I'll have a card. <laughs> And I'll have a name, and I and the name was Let's Be Buds. So guess what? Now instead of a, a business, I have a podcast. So there you go. <laughs> but uh, funny how that. Uh, I like it. I like it. <laughs> I was just so, so and I I won't give up. <laughs> were you at that point I, again uh, able to actually talk about cannabis? Because man, even as late as what eighteen. 17, 18, talking about seeds and stuff like that and grow uh, in some of the grow shops around here. I mean, they would, they didn't want to talk about anything like that. So were you, were you still kind of dancing around the subject with the term tomatoes and stuff like that? Or I guess, uh, did they even care uh, at the location where you were? Yeah, at, at this point, of course, it, it was legal. So, uh, I mean, he, uh, I had to, uh, I had to straighten him out about a couple of things, because uh, I know there was other activities going on around the store that uh, I wasn't very happy about. And I said, it won't happen on my watch, because I'm not going to risk everything I have at home, because you might want to be, you know, putting something out the side door. And uh, so anyways, uh, we resolved that. But uh, where was I going with that? Oh, yeah. So at the, uh, anyway, when I worked at the shop, uh, it, it was all legal. But, you know, uh, you're right. Uh, like, uh, the even even after something like that becomes legal, it's because it was illegal for so long, uh, the, these thoughts are ingrained in your mind. I, like, I know, uh, when after I, I I had a proper legal uh, medical license, I would still walk out of my room and look up into the driveway, thinking, "Well, the cops are going to be there. I just know they're going to be there." Or every time if I drive away and I see a cop drive by me, I'm sure that he's on his way to my house. Uh, that's just the way you live, and and even going yeah going to a grocery store you uh, you talk about it's all tomato talk and uh, yeah <laughs> but it was like a big light switch went on when when suddenly i i i can't believe how how this incredibly enormous 
wonderful, loving, caring community was existing without me knowing about it. <laughs> and uh, uh, yeah, so it's really, uh, it's really changed my outlook. And uh, yeah, it's been great. <laughs> Well, I kind of, again, you kind of look at things as a blessing, I guess. Uh, at earlier points in life, would you have been able to dedicate this much time into, you know, throwing in, like I said, the podcast, multiple shows and stuff like diving as deep into the community as you are now? Sounds like the perfect time, perfect place, perfect, you know what I mean? All yeah. lining up. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely, my friend. Um, I, quite, quite frankly, I think it was probably oh, maybe about two years ago, I, I wanted to adopt the attitude of, you know something? I've lived on this planet long enough. I've learned everything I need to learn. I'm sick of learning. I don't want to learn anymore. Fuck you. And uh, then uh, I uh, discovered this community and uh, God, I, I can't like I can't learn enough. And so it's, it's like changed my whole outlook uh, on life. And uh, and yeah, and uh, uh, probably the prime. OK, there was three three main reasons that I wanted to start the podcast. One to try in some way to assist new growers. Number two, to, uh, to preach the uh, medical uh, benefits of cannabis. And number three, to do what I can to remove the stigma. Um, but more, more importantly than anything else, I, I'm really truly hoping that I, in my own way, I can give back. I, I've, cannabis has given me so much in my life uh this community has given me so much and i just want to try to give back just a little bit and uh and if i can make uh, a couple of people laugh and a couple more people uh have a desire to 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 grow a plant uh and uh and we uh look at cannabis differently uh then i've done my job and uh, yeah, so yeah, so the timing has been great. I I, I retired quite young, actually. Uh, I probably I was I wasn't sixty when I retired, and uh, and uh, uh, yeah, so the timing has really been good. I can uh, I can give a lot more, and uh, uh, because I've gotten so much uh, in return, like I said before, you take you take it from over here and you give it back over there. So. There you go. <laughs> right, uh, that's uh, and, uh, I think uh, talk about uh, way weird things come out of different situations. I I think uh, I think a lot uh, this pandemic time actually had a weird effect about ripping away a lot of the stigma as far as cannabis goes, uh, the promotion of overall wellness is being essential. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. Has helped a lot uh, for cannabis, to be honest with you, in the last couple of years. And then, of course, being locked in with uh, nothing to do but smoke cannabis has definitely helped the community a whole shit ton. So I'm okay. grateful for all of that as a weird side effect out of it all. 
yeah, yeah, good point, good point. I, I and and uh, yeah, it, it true, it true that that uh, yeah, probably podcasts have really grown uh, because of the pandemic. But I would like to think, and, and I'm pretty sure I'm right that one day this is all going to be behind us, and 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 even and when that happens, uh, our our community will still thrive. Uh, uh, we're just going to get bigger and uh and uh, it's on a on a side note uh, you know we all have our struggles with uh with uh, legalizing cannabis or normalizing it or uh, and um and and we can never let let up our guard uh, uh i wanted to make a point by all of that uh no it's gone it's gone I was I was on a roll there, man. Um, uh, about legalization. No, I guess, I guess yeah. Just we can't let up our guard. Um, uh, it's still a long ways from where we want it, where we want it that it should be. That's for sure. Yeah, I'm still. I don't know. I'm fearing it in a lot of ways. And more and more over, I want it. I want more, more fucking people growing before it's on the table. To be honest, you know, like I said earlier, on, there, we need a more of a power of in the vote, and the more people that realize, you know, the other side of the not kidding side of cannabis, the pure medicine. I think the stronger the fight will be. Uh, to be honest with you, I think as far as you know, legalization goes, it needs to be in black and white. There's no worries about you know your right to grow it has to be right there, right from the get. There should be no gray area. You know what I mean? Or immediate lobbying against taking it away. So, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. There's power numbers. There's power numbers. So the more people, me and you and everybody else, spread seeds, spread clones, spread knowledge, you know what I mean? The greater will be when legalization yeah. comes into play. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think the point I, I wanted to make, Eagle, was that uh, that uh, my point, my point is that we have developed a um, a steamroller effect, this big snowball effect. And, uh, you know, sometimes we can be disheartened or, you know, maybe disillusioned by, by how things are progressing, but it's not going away. We're here to stay. Uh, and, uh, yeah. And, uh, but, uh, let's, like you say, the more people uh, growing, the better for sure. Yeah. And we can overgrow the government. We can overgrow big pharma we have that ability it's amazing just you and me two just little people we have the power to overgrow big pharma and the government but like you say it all starts with our right to grow uh, like uh, and uh, I, I i can i see where that has been taken away where where in some cases it's uh a good friend I've just uh, uh, we developed a, a relationship recently uh, baked in the bluegrass from Kentucky Kentucky still illegal it's illegal 
Like I, 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 it's hard to wrap my head around that. Like I, like personally, I thought it would never happen in my life that it, that the cannabis would become legal. Uh, it's happened, but then I, and now I just take it for granted. And, and, but it wasn't until I spoke with Bake that I went, oh my God, it's illegal in Kentucky. Yeah. That's, you know, it's crazy because it's it's hard to believe there's still people going to jail from it. There's oh. people, it's hard to believe that don't even know that there's shit like this even going on because it's not even a possibility. It's not even an interest. You know what I mean? There's no even reason to get on YouTube and look for reasons to grow and shit that are completely missing out. I mean, we're missing out on a still a huge swath of people yet that uh, aren't even taking the first steps into growing, I think. You know what I mean? Uh, there's still a lot, to, a lot of good things to be had as far as that goes. New growers, people being interested in it and stuff like that. But like you said, man, it's, it's mind-blowing that there's still people going to jail being punished that are taking a huge risk for using cannabis either for medicine or recreational purposes. It's, it's crazy. Yeah. 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 Listen, I don't want to, I don't want to pat myself on the back, but I will, uh, you know, we, uh, oh, geez, uh, we put up with, uh, uh, you know, a lot of, uh, a lot of looking over our shoulders and, and a lot of people I touch wood. I, I mean, I, I've uh, made a lot of lawyers, uh, children's uh, tuitions a lot easier to pay uh, uh, through my charges, but uh, I haven't spent uh, any time behind bars, but uh, no, there are a number of people out there that have, and they, uh, they paid the paved the way for, for you and I for legality today. So I'm grateful for them. Yeah, but but it's still going on today. I'm sorry, uh, you're muted. Go ahead. Oh, I just said most definitely, most definitely thankful for a lot of those people that's taking the bullet for us to get to where we are today. That's for sure. Yeah, darn it. Uh, uh, a, a good buddy uh, <clears throat> who was in the podcast about a year ago, Terp, Terpington, he goes by on Instagram. Uh, he came on the show last Sunday morning and uh, it, was, uh, it was sure nice to see him. But uh, uh, the next day he was uh, beginning uh, a three-year stint for cannabis uh, in the state penitentiary. So it's uh, still going on today. Yeah, yeah, but so we can't so give sad. up the fight. So, so, do you enjoy the edibles at all? I mean, there's a lot of hit, fun stuff out there. Do you eat the edibles at all? How do you feel about the edible uh, side of cannabis? Yeah, I enjoy them. I, I'm really, I'm really focusing and dialing in my RSO. But, uh, but no, I, I've, I've enjoyed gummies. Uh, I've enjoyed chocolate. Uh, I've enjoyed uh, uh, mushroom infused uh, chocolate. Uh, that's quite nice. Uh, but, but the 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 gummies are the gummies are fine. Uh, I like uh, I like to do a fairly decent dose, uh, probably. 
300 milligrams, something like that. Gives me a pretty good, I mean, it doesn't matter. They all give you that dry, the dry mouth, but, uh, uh, but the, for some reason, the edibles really give me the dry mouth too. <laughs> Have you ever had a, a like psychedelic experience? What is the highest? Yeah, I mean, it's been a fun ride. I mean, especially with legalization these days, I mean, we can kind of barely still kind of know the effects of what we're getting into. But prior to the legal market, I mean, at home brownies, you know, uh, shit like that. Uh, you get pretty buzzed off some cannabis. What's what's the highest you've actually been off of uh, edible? Have you ever taken it to uh, hallucination? Because you can hallucinate off some edibles now. Uh, I'm not suggesting anybody run out there and try it, but if you have, it's not all bad. <laughs> no, no, I, I've been pretty high, been pretty high, and uh, I've been to that high extent where I uh, passed out and then uh, uh, woke up, and it was uh, dark out, and I but and I thought it was uh, morning. But it was still nighttime. So I got up and made the coffee and brushed my teeth and scratched my balls and showered. And then I looked outside and then of course it's light, it's getting lighter out. And I go, wait a minute, this is not right. But I do recall uh, it was my second marriage and uh, we were going to, um, we we're going to Mexico and uh, we decided to make some brownies uh, uh, for the trip. Uh, we didn't want to take any cannabis with us, but uh, we thought we'd sneak, sneak the brownies on the plane. So uh, our flight was uh, Vancouver, Los Angeles, Mexico. And uh, so we, uh, we broke out the brownies uh, between Vancouver and Los Angeles and the whole plane smelled. I mean, it was because it was the old time recipes. I mean, uh, you know, we didn't do the decarboxing or anything like that. We just throw it all in a, in a mix and uh, onto the plane we go. So we, uh, we arrived in, in uh, L.A. And I do, I, re, I can't remember the date. I, or, well, it would have been around 1980. No, it was 1986. Uh, and uh, our Canadian um, Olympic uh, mile runner broke a record for the mile, but then uh, they found out he had steroids. And we were in the LA airport uh, bar when, uh, when they came over the news. But my wife at the time had passed out. And so we had to usher her onto the onto the the next flight uh and that was uh that was brownies yeah mm -hmm. it's, the brownies will get you <laughs> they will get you uh man the old school kind of brownies where they just kind of threw everything in there weren't so uh a wise about baking it into the butter and all that shit. Those things could have been sold for fiber bars, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, picking that, yeah, picking the uh, straw out of your teeth. I know, I know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. 
You know the ones. Met this uh, sweet old couple, older couple, I'll say, uh, not so long ago. Uh, I guess about four years ago, maybe. And uh, man, I, I'm man. I stopped for a seeds uh, seed sale. To be honest with you. And I ended up being there probably about four and a half hours. <laughs> and going over strain by strain, kind of listening their story, his grow experience and all that. And uh, the guy's wife uh, went by the handle of Brownie. That was her, I guess, patch name. I guess is the way you could put that, uh, was brown. And she says, I make the best brownies. That's what I'm known for. I'm thinking, yeah, yeah. She's like, would you want some right before I left? <laughs> uh, yeah, sure. Yeah, I'll take a couple brownies. And of course, I indulged about after I pulled up. No sooner in my hand, you know, thank you, thank you, driving down the road. And again, we're talking like 18 in that area. You know what I mean? Cannabis edibles have come a long way. Yeah. And I'm driving down the road, no drink, no nothing. And I throw this brownie back, and just like you're saying, still full of cannabis, and it is all wedged in my tea. Not only that, it went like to the stomach and seemed to like explode into the fluids already <laughs> in my stomach. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> just like I said, it's like a fiber bar. An old school canvas brownie can take you a long way. So, but it was it was a good ride. I just couldn't. I wasn't expecting it. And you know what I mean. This day and age, especially <laughs> from I guess lady named Brownie. I guess it kind of threw me out there. You know, for some reason, I don't know. Definitely uh, a great brownie, nonetheless. But yeah. Yeah. You had uh, uh, a Pearl on as a guest uh, recently. Uh, uh, she's a, uh, she does some incredible work with edibles. Uh, she's fr from Michigan. Is her name Pearl? Pearly Baker? Yeah. Thank Pearly you. Baker. Yeah. Yeah. She does some beautiful work with edibles. Wow. Yeah, there's some really talented people out there with uh, that do stuff with chocolate and uh, that kind of thing. Yeah. Oh man, I love some of the edibles. Yeah, I, I remember her name because uh, it's so fun to say. You know what I mean? <laughs> like it's got that old Southern Pearl, Miss Pearl and Baker. You know, what I mean? it's fun to say. <laughs> hey, there's a couple. Hey, how about how about uh, ye ma fucking ha? Oh, that's a yeah. good name, huh? That's a good name. Ye my fucking ha. <laughs> so many fun ones out there. Yeah, I appreciate some fun ones to, to say there. But uh, 
Yeah, as far as edible goes, man, I love the uh, just like I like to get anything else uh, is like at a lot of these cannabis events, man. Pre, you know, COVID and I think COVID gave Michigan a chance to amplify the community we had going. You know what I mean? Because if you look at a lot of what's kind of going on in the, like, I don't know, uh, YouTube community, I guess, it's kind of Michigan-based. Uh, of course, you know, you got the bros, uh, myself, Hagen, uh, you know, there's a bunch of uh, great, but as a community... Yeah, Michigan Medical Med, or Med, Medical Mondays. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and uh, well, there's bits and pieces of uh, caribou that are close. Yeah, I and guess. Uh, and uh, uh, cannabis lifestyle TV. They're out, out of Michigan, there I believe. You and we've had we were always blessed to kind of get to know one another at these events a little bit before all this. We so it was good times, but that's what I really love about the edible. So I, I got squirreled, I guess, off my main point was I love going to these events and because we have a lot of them here in Michigan, and you got they were all mainly caregivers or an opportunity to have stuff like that on a wide scale basis, and it was fun, you know, seeing what they had, and it was always good prices and shit like that and man oh i am a definitely uh sugar is could be one of my weaknesses man some of them sweet edibles five bucks for like two sittings of like a cake you know what i mean or a pie that looks like it just came for some uh high time chef or something like that there's yeah there's definitely some good but you can only get that, I think, from the events and the local events. There's uh, something to be said about that. I can't wait. I'm afraid I'd bush you to tell about spring coming up and, and the, you know, the opportunity of heading out and getting the chance to get some of these yeah. <laughs> edibles and cannabis and community. Yeah. It's a... a definitely a recharge if you haven't had a chance to hit some of the events do you have them up there uh the short short answer is no we uh we have the uh the one uh the one event uh, a year uh 420 we have a 420 event and uh and that's uh growing and developed into a big uh oh boy i'll bet you there's in the neighborhood of uh probably a hundred oh well over a hundred thousand probably closer to 150,000 attend that one. That's a pretty big one. But other than that, uh, we don't really have any. Um, and uh, I don't know, I, I, in a lot of people's minds, uh, it's like uh, if there, even if there was an event, I don't know, sanctioned or unsanctioned, well, probably, yeah, you probably want it to be sanctioned. Uh, that the, it could be a place where, you know, the cops are just going to be uh, trying to nail people when they drive away. I guess it hasn't been, it hasn't been legal long enough for us to uh, develop this kind of uh, uh, an atmosphere community. I, I really am jealous of, 
of not only yourselves but many other communities in the U.S. that uh, that hold uh, that hold these events. Yeah, we don't have anything like that. Well, hopefully that changes. Hopefully that changes. Yeah. Uh, nothing like getting out there, meeting the breeders, some of the local breeders and stuff like that. Breeders are willing to travel, like I said. Uh, local edibles and stuff like that, caregivers. It's I don't know, man. I love that shit. Yeah, <laughs> I love and, that shit, Uncle Rick. Right on, right on. And you know something that I—it seems to be very uh, consistent uh, when I hear uh, when I hear people talking about these events, people that uh, that they have met through uh, podcasting, uh, time and time again say, you know what? When you meet them in real life, they're just the same people. They're just the same people. <laughs> hear that over and over again. Yeah. It's it's funny. I like I, I don't know how how I can how or you or anybody can develop such strong relationships and feelings for people that you've quite frankly never met. <laughs> well, I it, I think it's just being able to relate to so much uh, the camaraderie of, of I don't know. And like I said, at one point we had to hide it. We were ousted or made feel less than for our cannabis use. Uh, so and I say this a lot. I, I think and it, I, we're all misfit at some point in the cannabis community. We were made to feel less than ousted. We stood around and hid our cannabis use from one person or another. Or when we had, did talk about it, we we talked about had to not raise our head high like we do now, you know what I mean? We it was all well, when you were talking to people that didn't consume, but in the cannabis community, it, we it's not like that. We're allowed to, you know, not hide it. You know what I mean? Talk about our consumption, be who we are, and love show the love for the plant that we all have. And I think that's a huge part of it all, you know. Uh, you know, <clears throat> you know, maybe that's a positive, and and we have to take negatives and turn them into positives. And maybe maybe you hit the nail on the head. Maybe that's a positive reason why, you know, we why we uh, care about the plant and each other the way that we do is because uh, our community has been looked down on for so long so maybe it's our think, way of uh, defending each other or something well it, again you know uh, our love for the plant has kind of forced us to be introverted you know what i mean it's because of like the, the like we're talking about the ill effects are viewpoints of other people uh looking down at us because of our consumption or growing or whatever you know has been it's sad it's just i kind of squirrel in my point there but uh sorry about that uh and i i i i get it i get it the um yeah it, it's sad that that's the way that we're we're made to feel because of the people that have looked down on uh, on our our group for so long yeah 
Okay, I, I kind of I regathered a little bit there. Uh, so, as we were forced to be uh, introverted a little bit there from our use of cannabis or dealings with cannabis, uh, slowly as these opportunities, forums, and as time progressed, YouTube and stuff like that, where we could you know talk to one another and still have uh, the screen name anonymity, you know what I mean? Uh, helped kind of know that there was other folks out there, you know what I mean? And I think it's through these times and legality that uh, has able, enabled us to take this further step, you know, for the, the visual part of it all, putting a name with a face, you know, when I started this a few years ago and I started putting faces with names, it completely fucking changed for me. And it still does. You know, now that I've heard, you know, any of you guys, you know, the one-on-one, -on -one, I don't, when I'm, the names and shit are going through chat, I don't see the name anymore. It's automatically, I can hear the voice. I can hear, as I hear Tao's name going by, I can hear, you know, the, you know, it's very much more personal. And again, even though me and Tao haven't never met, we've been, we've built a relationship through chats, a fun, you know, back and forth and stuff like that is built through the years, a little, you know, trust. And as, you know, time progressed, it's just built and built and now being able to see faces, put faces and shit with who we've been talking to definitely makes it feel more family-ish. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. It's been a wonderful thing. Yeah. And we're just normalizing it more and more. It's uh, definitely going to be a good thing here in the future. Uh, it's more and more of what's growing. More people get introduced into the community, it'll be more and more fun as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah. When more and more politicians get on board and uh... yeah, we still so a lot. Go ahead. I was going to ask you if you've uh, fired up, are you ready to fire up the other half of that GG4 there? <laughs> uh, you're a bad influence on me, Eagle. <laughs> bad influence. <laughs> I was having trouble with this thing earlier, but we'll give it another shot. <laughs> So do you have any uh, any dreams of going to any uh, cannabis locations? I know uh, I've met a few people along this uh, the show journey that have uh, kind of like put, put the vacations, you know what I mean, together according to meeting cannabis folks or seeing cannabis locations. Have you ever it's cannabis? You know, is there somewhere that uh, that you'd like to go someday and uh, 
you know, one of these events, a cannabis dream. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there's a, there is a couple of events coming up. Uh, I've been to, I've been to the 420 event uh, a number of times. Uh, uh, I do have a story about that one, but, uh, but uh, to answer your question more directly, actually this year uh, there is an association in, uh, in the province of British Columbia who, um, well, they're, they're making an attempt to, um, to, to make uh cannabis more accessible through other avenues other than the, the big uh, multiple or the, the multi-level companies uh, through craft producers, that kind of thing. They're having a two or three day event uh, in uh, Kelowna, BC, which is not too far from here. Um, I have heard rumors uh, of maybe uh, some type of event uh, back in uh, Ontario which would be just above uh, above you in Michigan, and uh, that would be cool. Uh, although um, I, I have a little bit of a problem; uh, it's got something to do with a criminal record that uh, doesn't allow me to go down to the states, anyways. But uh, it'll probably uh, be nice if it was tied into something uh, near Michigan. If it was in Ontario near Michigan, there might be some some overflow of, uh, of uh, folks traveling up to Canada. That'd be cool. I'm down, man. I haven't been to Canada in quite some time, but I'm not opposed to it. That's for sure. I would definitely uh, travel to go to one. That's for sure. I used to actually, when I was young, man, I used to head over to Canada for drinking purposes when I was 18. <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah it's been a while since i've been over there oh wow it's been a long time since uh well the need the need not to go over there obviously took over when i was 21 and i've been a long road since 21 so yeah it's been I don't even want to think. I don't even want to start doing the math on how long it's been since I've been to Canada. To be honest <laughs> with you, <laughs> too long, old Rick. <laughs> well, maybe we'll give you an excuse to come back. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, we seem to have a lot of uh, people in our community from the Ontario area. Well, and it's the most, the biggest populated area in Canada as well. So. It makes sense. So uh, I heard you talk discussing uh, drying a little bit when the show started there. Uh, how do you dry? What is uh, you a whole plant hang guy? Uh, yeah. You mind me asking? Yeah. I. Um... Yeah. Uh, again, when I was uh, when it was just uh, uh, about the money, uh, it was uh, yeah, it was a wet dry, and uh, but it was a learning curve. And uh, but now I've I've got a really nice uh, uh, drying area. Uh, but uh, again, so much of this is be before I met this incredible community, and and uh, I just had to learn things on my own. I I just didn't think that there was any way I, I've, I've heard of people hanging their 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 plants up to dry and I thought well maybe there's something to it I didn't know anything about 
you know, the, the benefits of uh, a slow dry uh, and so on. Uh, and um, so I, I, I hung everything up, but I hung it up in the same room that I was growing in. So, of course, the temperature was like 80 some odd degrees in there and it just dried it to a crisp. And I, I hung it all in little branches, dried it to a crisp. But now I've now I've really been working towards uh, uh, the ideal uh, situation. And uh, yeah, I've got a um, I got about a 12 by 12 room and uh, I've built a, uh, a thing I can hang hang the, the, the full plant. I, I, I hang the whole plant and I usually get uh, at 60 degrees and 60 percent uh, humidity. Uh, I'll usually get like 10 to 14 days. I, I'd like to shoot for 14 days, but it doesn't always work for me for, for my dry. Uh, yeah, so many people can be uh, so many so picky about their uh, drying process. I guess uh, was it is it dry, hand drying more of a matter of convenience? Do you believe it adds something to it? Uh, what are your thoughts on just you know drying methods in general? Yeah, yeah, I uh, I'm easily um, influenced, uh, swayed. And uh, if enough people or if somebody of influence uh, suggests to me that it's better that I hang the whole plant or better that I leave a lot of the leaves on or that it's a, it does a better job, then I'm, I'm swayed to, to give it a try. And that's where I've kind of been for the last uh, about a year and a half is uh, I, I do the whole hang dry uh, and uh, usually I, I, I have people come in to help me <clears throat> do the trim, do the dry trim. And uh, I, I do believe that, uh, that uh, the quality of the flower has improved, definitely improved uh, uh, the smell and uh, probably the smell more than anything else. And, uh, oh no, and, and the taste, of course the taste, it's not as harsh. And um, yeah, so I, I, once it's dry, then I'll, I'll, uh, then I'll take the whole plant and then I bring it into the other room and I just cut off the branches from my, from my people that are helping me. And, uh, and then I use the trim bins. Uh, it's fantastic for collecting all that keef. And uh, yeah, how I do it. Nice. Yeah, yeah, I appreciate that. I, you know, I, I, I guess the way I feel about uh, trimming, or uh, excuse me, uh, drying, could vary. I guess from the book I'm reading and uh, the way I'm feeling, I guess in life, can correlate. You know. But a lot of I'm not ashamed. I'm not ashamed to admit that uh, some of these quicker drying methods, I'm I'm hip to. I think it's uh, I think a, a bad quick dry in a big room with you know, and a, and a fan may be detrimental. My shoulders all jammed up from hanging cabinets yesterday. Fucking uh, <laughs> fucking uh can be uh 
All right, I guess a, lar a quick hang or quick dry in a large environment where it temperatures may be out of whack, fans blowing on it can be a little detrimental to your cannabis. But in a quick dry in a machine to where the turps are being kind of locked up in there and it has more of a quick process to it. I'm, I'm a believer to that now, to be honest with you. I'm, I'm more of a believer that it's it's all about a quicker preservation. You know what I mean? It's, it doesn't have a lot more ill effects. I don't see a lot of the terpene loss from some of these drying machines from the quicker dry time as we're always heard to hear that you'll hear that you'll get from a quick, quick dry in an open room, zero humidity, high temperatures and like that. I think there's something to be said about some of these newer, quicker drying methods. <clears throat> I don't think it's detrimental to cannabis as we think. Now, the hippie side of me, you know, uh, when I'm kind of uh, being more mindful and again, reading, reading more mindful plant-based books, plant medicine and shit like that. Uh, again, I go back and forth with that, the whole hang versus trim, wet trim and hang. I don't think necessarily a wet trim is being too detrimental. I think it is speeding up the process a little bit but I don't think it has too many ill effects on the overall quality of the cannabis. But then again, like I said, I get more hippie-ish and uh, more mindful. And it tells me like the people that are more tend to leave more plant material on the plant um, and, and try to do a, a slower, more controlled dry, ultimately, are keeping that plant alive and kicking for a longer period of time and letting the plant change and ripen out in a, a different way than a quicker cure would allow. Even, even though, like I said, a, a wet trim where you're trimming it nice and close uh, does retain a lot of that. Again, a quicker preservation uh, I believe like leaving more material on the plant and letting it go in a perfect environment, keeping it alive, you know, because until that plant is completely dried out, there's life in it. You know what I mean? It's still alive, kicking and trying uh, and going through some kind of chemical process. So I think there's something to be said about that. How much does it necessarily improve the cannabis i don't know i think it's just more of a uh, a curing type thing it's going through one last change trying to uh like when you cut grass you know what i mean how it, the turbs get real you know it puts out a turp alert to the rest of them trouble's coming i think that's what kind of what's going on in the slower drier uh time with it it's kind of putting out some extra in the turf department I don't necessarily think it's what you've been told to think that the leaves are coming down and necessarily kind of 
pulled them in. I think it is more of a chemical process going on. I what, go back and forth. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what what book are you reading? Oh, currently, uh, let's see. I don't think my luck said so wide of subjects. I believe Audible. Oh, Preservation Agriculture is a current book. Okay. Anyway, yeah, yeah. Second round with this one because uh kind of blew through it the first time. I love Audible. It gives me a, a good chance to work in the garden and fucking listen and learn to uh, stuff while I'm going about my day. Even yeah. though it's a wide variety of subjects <laughs> these days, I like a lot of philosophy uh, listens as well. Uh, if I find out other people are other been audible or uh, reach to it, they suggest books. Uh, I try to write them down too and check that out, see what they're interested in. Uh, I like too that a lot of times too. If you get there, there's a lot of people that read and stuff. If I'm watching a podcast, if they don't like, if I'm watching a podcast and there's uh, somebody that's got my interests, you know, going and they have books in the background, I'm known to like read and see what's what's on that shelf. You know what I mean? Uh, to, to find yeah. some good reads. Yeah. I listen to a lot of stuff like that. Find out what he's interested in and then you'll uh you'll be interested, maybe interested as well. <laughs> Pretty inquisitive. Uh I'm a little bit of canvas. I think that's why a lot of us uh as we got older got uh, lost into the history channel. You know, some some fairly decent subject matter, a little bit of cannabis, some great narration, and you can get hooked into some of these uh, documentaries and uh, learning type shows and shit like that. And I don't think that's ever faded in me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, which why I want to say too is, man, just like MTV, I think the History Channel kind of went real south. <laughs> like you can't see music videos on MTV. You can't watch a lot of good, serious shit on fucking the History Channel anymore. It's more, you know, uh, alligator hunting and shit like that. It is good documentaries and intelligent TV anymore. Uh, if it's if it ain't a reality show, I don't know. <laughs> well, jokingly, I, the only thing I really watched, and I'd take a little bit of heat for this anymore. This is the only thing I watch it religiously. I've actually even like blown off a weed nerd world or two because I'm on the edge of catching a recap of Oak Island. <laughs> <laughs> the rest of the year, that you know what I mean. When it's not in season, I don't give a shit. I can go fucking forever without watching the TV. But it, Tuesday nights, nine o'clock, 
I'm definitely trying to catch some Oak Island or catch a replay uh, later in the evening for sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, uh, and I didn't know too much about Oak. I didn't know, well, I knew very little about Oak Island, <clears throat> but one of the, one of our, uh, one of our characters on uh, Caribou, uh, uh, Prophet, uh, he is quite a, he followed the, the series uh, Oak Island quite a bit. And he was shocked that I knew very little about it, but <clears throat> especially he's, well, it, I mean, it took place in Canada, I said, yeah, but that's on the east coast of Canada. That's a long ways away from me. <laughs> oh, man, I don't know how and why. Because they could take, like, I don't know, some of the smaller events and just kind of make a full episode out of it and keep you in. But I've been in for years. But they're, they're really hot. This last season and this season, they've really kind of uncovered a bunch of cool shit realize that it isn't just folklore or lore that there's a shit ton of uh truth to the legend right it's really cool how it's unfolding finally it's like a long long book that you're just finally getting into the you know fuck i think the show's been on for at least five years and shit you know what i mean and before you know you could watch four episodes and then be like, Oh, we found a coin. <laughs> like, oh. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, they've done a good job of dragging it out. <laughs> yes, yeah, sir. Yes, sir. It's worth it though. It's getting worth it. I said, good, good. <laughs> Do you have any shows that uh, you, uh, you watch other than cannabis space TV? I uh, actually I gave up my TV for for uh, podcasting and everything else. I, I just was finding less and less value in uh, in television, uh, especially news. Uh, and uh, I just don't know how the world keeps going on without me watching the six o'clock news anymore. But uh, somehow the rest of the world manages. But uh, prior to that. Um, well, uh, I was hooked on a soap opera, uh, and uh, I guess I watched this soap opera for 42 years, The Young and the Restless. That was my downfall. Yeah. <laughs> that was my downfall. Oh, I wonder how many people can relate to that. Uh, I never... Well, I had time. Well, obviously, it was ever in, in any mother's home, any home where there was a homebody that was a mother, watched soaps when you grew up. So you, if you were at home at all during the day, you had to watch mom's soaps before you could fucking ever, ever think about watching anything else. So I've seen my days of all, uh, fucking General Hospital, all those, all those. At one point, maybe a, a unemployed spree there where there's nothing left to do when talk shows were ruling there. Caught up, got caught up in one or two for a minute, to be honest with you. I can relate a little bit there. Over there. 
So have the care and in the 43 years, are the names the same? Just the faces have changed, or have they incorporated new characters the whole time? I yeah, so no, so I, I even gave that up uh, when I gave up TV, but uh, uh, I found it, I found it online somewhere, but it was in uh, where normally you watch uh, a show in, I don't know, all these numbers, 14, 1410 or something, and this is like 720. And uh, so it was like, if you and I were like, say on the screen here, uh, talking with each other, uh, what would happen is it would put the two characters out of the screen. So I, if I'm trying to watch the show in 720, I'm only looking at the, the back of the, your grow tent there and I can't see the two characters. So it drove me nuts. I couldn't stand that anymore. But, uh, but anyway, to answer your question, I, I'm thinking that uh, I would think that, my goodness, I'll bet that maybe up close to 40% of the main characters are still there. Maybe 30 to 40% of the main, and that's 43 years. Wow. Now that I think about it. Yeah. A right. lot of, yeah, that's a shitload. You know, they gotta be, they gotta be 60, 70 yeah, they're <laughs> yeah. It's pretty impressive, really. Yeah, S uh, same location. A lot of them have lived in the same place and uh, that kind of thing. But uh, but uh, yeah, a, a big a big percentage of the all of the. I think it's one of the biggest I, I, running soap operas going out there. But. It's been a while. Doctor's offices were always another good chance for uh, catching some soaps at one point. <laughs> hey, hey, hey! When you when you mentioned when you mentioned uh, uh, staying home from school, uh, it's totally unrelated to soap operas. But I it, it reminded me of when I was uh, every now and then I'd I'd stay home from school. Like I, the first time it happened, it was by accident. I guess maybe I was sick. But then after that, when I found out when this is going to happen, I used to purposely skip school so I could watch this event right from the front of my house, right in front of my house. The garbage truck used to come down the street and they would load all of the garbage uh, pretty much in behind the cab of the truck. And then once that area was filled up, what they would do, and it would always take place uh, whatever day garbage day was in front of my house in Vancouver, and they would take they would take the vehicle and put it in reverse, and step on the gas and head in reverse. Oh, maybe 50, 60 feet down the road, and then hit the brakes. And the front end of the truck would go about, oh, eight feet in the air and bounce back down again. And that's how they put the garbage to the back of the truck so that they could keep filling it up. Uh, you think that they would get away with that with today's uh, safety society? <laughs> it was so cool to watch. I tell you, it was, it was spectacular. <laughs> 
chat is still buzzing. They've enjoyed the show today. They fucking chat right along with us. See? Uh, yeah, chat. You know what? I look. I love chat. And I, every now and and when I'm doing a, a show and I look over and I can see in many cases they're having more fucking fun than we are, and it really pisses me off because they're. And and every now and then, then they'll get on a roll. And a, a few, you know, the characters, you know who they are. They know who they are. Thunder Dan, Dave's not here. <laughs> there's some, there's some pretty crazy people in there. Hurting Albertan, <laughs> and uh, they'll get on a roll and uh, look out. Uh, other times, I just prefer to be in chat and. Then, then uh, over on the panel. <laughs> it's fun. There's some definitely crazy folks that uh, follow along. Uh, for me, in particular, uh, as far as the ones that like to, uh, how do I say it correctly? Fuck with me. Who <laughs> I, uh, or try to, well, I guess the problem, not necessarily fuck with me, try to get me to smile or crack, you know what I mean? Uh, are definitely uh, Mr. Buzz Lightyear Acetone and uh, 42420 can both throw up some funny shit. Doc, there, I guess at one point he said he was. Uh, Part of a news team or whatever and used to be like in the producer booth and he said he used to be like the guy in the year there and so he used to kind of fuck with uh, people on there but he's always he has made me call quite a few inter interviews kind of that cast actually made me bite my cheek you know what I mean to try to keep from letting on that i'm keeping on well keeping up with the craziness in chat you know what i mean oh yeah he's he's almost got me a few times oh yeah 420 same same yeah. chat can be yeah. chat can be fun sometimes like we're talking about man it can be hard to stay focused uh with chat to as well but as as with that being said let me ask you this have you ever tried to do this without chat ever tried to do it without chat yeah uh okay okay so what happened when i first started doing this i uh well, I, it took quite a bit of uh, persuasion because I just like, well, I, I, now I look back and I realize that, that it was uh, my fear of failure. And in spite of, in spite of uh, the fact that I was a salesman all my life, so I, you know, I've accepted uh, rejection a long time ago. Uh, uh, still, it's one of the biggest fear, uh, the biggest fears in a person's life is if somebody says no to them uh it's really hard to accept so that until i i, I got a little extra push uh, uh i thought i'd do it and then uh the first time what there there was going to become an event where 
it wasn't that I didn't have Chad. It was that I uh, I didn't have a co-host. My, our 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 guest uh, couldn't make it, and my co-host couldn't make it, and it was just going to be me and chat. And I I hadn't I wasn't that experienced with chat to to to, to be able to uh, to to have a uh, a conversation with them. I, I I didn't understand the concept, and Chad Westport jumped in at the last minute and and uh, jumped in with me, and and we had a great time. Uh, but then shortly after that, uh, Bingus uh, uh, was on a show uh, was on, and it was just uh, just him and just chat. And suddenly I I, I went, oh, I get it. Yeah, you, you, I'm allowed to have a conversation just with chat and it just opened my eyes to another dimension of podcasting that it's just so cool but now i didn't answer your question um uh and but maybe i can answer your question uh, then the question being have you ever done this without chat uh because the very first time that i did an interview with caribou I honestly didn't know anything about chat. I didn't understand that along with broadcasting comes a chat. Oh, oh, because we weren't doing it live. We weren't doing it live. Yeah, so we didn't have chat. But it was not until after we started doing it live that that chat was introduced to me. So it was quite funny. Uh, now, are, oh. It's so weird, uh, I guess, once you do it uh, live like this, uh, I don't know. Uh, I can't, I won't do it any other way, to be honest with you. Yeah, I don't yeah. know what it is. No, you're absolutely right, Eagle. And uh, I know that uh, when Caribou started uh, the channel, uh, he was editing, like we would do the show and then he would edit it. And then, and then after a few weeks, uh, he approached me and said, you know, for all the time it takes to edit these things and for all the, uh, the uh, editing that I don't do, uh, he said, I, I think I'm just going to, I think we're just going to go live. And, and at first I thought, what? Like, how can we just go live? I mean, in other words, what comes out of my mouth? I can't take it back. Is that what you're telling me? And uh and but then suddenly I got the concept, and and you're absolutely right. I th there's nothing exciting about uh, doing an edited broadcast. Uh, if it's not live, I don't want to play. I like I, I just don't want to play. Yeah, well, there's a couple of things to be said about that. There's um, I it's again so more personal. I've tried to do one-on-one -on -one, one time, and I was like, yeah, I don't think I got that for far into it. And uh, it wasn't the same. The tone wasn't the same. The energy wasn't the same. Uh, I don't like the idea of, and I've seen this from my end of uh, doing podcasts, you know what I mean? Being on the interviewed and on a Kate episode you wonder what's gonna actually happen with what happened with the conversation is it gonna be edited in a certain way is it you know because a lot can happen in editing 
and uh, can be misconstrued easily. Yep. And so there's that aspect of it that I never really liked, but the, there's an energy with doing it live. I mean, when I, it's like crickets. There's just, you know, it's like doing this in an empty theater. You know what I mean? Oh, having a large room and us being on, you know, out of stage with just echoes is kind of the feeling that it feels like without the live chat anymore. So it's it's weird that it has that effect overall on the tone of things, I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But there's something uh, special and uh, uh, magical about your show in that, uh, you know, you can have those uh, pauses, uh, those crickets, if you will, uh, but nobody feels as uh, like too uncomfortable because of it. And then, of course, you've got live chat going on all the time anyway. Um, and so I, that's what I've. I've gleaned from your show since I started watching it. It's a, uh, it's a, I, I feel relaxation uh, on, on the panel. I've seen it done the other way too, on uh, other shows. And I kind of felt like it was, it was weird and slightly misleading sometimes when you've done a pre-recorded episode and then premiered it and then you're hanging out in chat like it's live because a lot of the people hanging out are the assumption that what's being seen is live you know what i'm saying uh it again a weird tone just a weird tone to it all yeah and they need to be done like this they just they need to be done yeah, yeah. More yeah. genuine. Absolutely. Yeah. It's the best. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Whoever figured whoever figured out this concept, yeah, it's a it's a winner. Live. Yeah. Live streaming. Yeah. So uh what is next with uh, Let's Be Buds? Is that uh, the main focus right now? And just kind of hanging out with Caribou, but uh, Let's Be Buds, the main focus right now? Uh, yes, I want to, uh, to take it uh, one more step. Uh, and uh, what better place to make this announcement than on your show? Um, I haven't really said too much about it, but uh, with uh, included with giving back to the community or giving back, um, I also wanted to put a make a push for this to be a, uh, a, a like a nonprofit. Uh, most of these podcasts are nonprofit anyway, but uh, uh, nonprofit in the sense that uh, I expect to pick up any expenses uh, related to the show but i want to start selling merch and uh i've got a thank you to dp uh, for the creative idea and astro charlie for putting it together for me uh, a logo and uh, then i'm gonna get uh, merch uh, uh set up and uh and uh, then I'm going to arrange for all of the uh, profits from the sale of the merchandise 
to go to a charity and I haven't pinpointed it, but it, uh, I've been speaking with uh, Rasufa uh, regarding all the, the work that he did last year with the homeless. And, uh, and uh, so I'm, I'm still working on all the details, but uh, that's, uh, I'm really excited about getting that thing rolling uh, in the very near future. That's pretty awesome. That's pretty awesome. I can appreciate that 100%. I did like his episode when uh, I spoke with him and he uh, was talking about some of the charity work he had done. That's pretty awesome. It's hard to pin, you know, it's hard to, or well, at least it was for me, uh, to try to pinpoint a charity, you know, something. Not that it's some people, it's hard to, I'm trying to choose my words <laughs> uh, wisely here. Um, not everybody feels the same passion about every charity. I guess that's the easiest way to put it. That's a, that's you know a, I mean? a, yeah, that's a very good point. And uh, like I'm thinking, uh, just uh, quickly, I'm thinking about uh, uh, Jinx Proof and autism. Uh, he has a son with autism, so he can get behind something like that uh, very, uh, uh, very strongly. He's supposed and to be I, tomorrow's guest. Oh, fantastic. Yes. Fantastic. Uh, and uh, uh, yeah, I've been giving this whole concept a lot of thought, but it, it, uh, what Rasufa did with the homeless, I thought was inspiring in the sense that he did a lot of the the legwork himself. Uh, so most of the money that uh, he raised got to the end user. But I've also also thinking about that very point that you were making about like not everybody uh, can get excited about the same uh, uh, autistic child that Jinx Proof can, or that uh, Rasufa might feel about the homeless, or that uh, that I you know I. I have, a, uh, I have situations in my family uh, with uh, opioid addiction and uh, how I feel about uh, naloxone uh, being provided to, to everybody that uh, can get their hands on it. Uh, where am I going with it? Oh, so I was thinking even like, even if it was like, okay, uh, buy a t-shirt and send buck, 10 bucks to your favorite charity and send me the receipt or send me, uh, tell me that you just sent $10 to the Canadian Cancer Society. And that's good enough for me. At least I know, you know, then I can keep a record of how much money was raised through the sale of, uh, of the merchandise. So I haven't worked out all the details, but that's what I'm still, I'm still working towards, but raise some money for charity. I tried, uh, this, this year will be the third, third annual 24 and 24 hour episode. Oh uh, yeah. On yeah. 420. Yeah. The first year that, uh, that we did it, uh, it was kind of, well, there's no kind of Mr. Smiley's Gardens and suggested the idea of doing a 24-hour episode and uh, doing it for charity, uh, which was well, maybe 10 days, 10 days before 420. It's the big start of COVID. 
And uh, well, it's a shame about it is it fucking was one of the best episodes, even though it was so early on uh, in the show's start there. It was still a fucking amazing episode. So I had a hard time even like getting people to talk to me because of COVID. Most offices were closed down. Some of the offices, some of the people I talked to just didn't want uh did one in Bob Campus money. You know what I mean? And then uh-huh. I didn't want to handle the money. Personally, I didn't want to handle the money. I wanted it to be directly to the charity, which leave the how to and what, you know what I mean? Yeah. So yep, yep. uh so it 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 kind of fell somewhat flat. In the end I was happy the way it worked out. Because it was just like I said, if I would have called out a charity, would have that episode that day been as as a success as it was? I don't yeah. know. I don't know if I would have, you know, as many guests as I had that day, because I had fuck, there was like 50 people that were on that day, minimal, you know. Yeah. You know. It would have been hard maybe to, you know, like I said, get everybody behind or whatever. But what ended up happening, because I couldn't nail down a link, a charity, uh, we ended up was (laughs) the name of that episode was show us your heart, not your sack. So basically (laughs) anybody that came on, I wanted to have a conversation with and before they left. I wanted them to make, like you're saying, uh, just make awareness to an issue that was important to them, it being cancer, breast cancer, homeless, whatever. You know what I mean? It was more about just, you know, having fun and having fun with cannabis that day, but yet thinking about, you know, things that needed to be changed or ways we could help you know, in the community or as a community. So I liked the idea. It's an awesome idea. I hope you have a lot of success with it, my friend. No, thank you. Um, uh, Cheddar Bob uh, did something in the last uh, week or two. Uh, Did he not uh, for charity Uh, or a fundraiser of some sort? I didn't know what it was for, though. Uh, uh, I'm not sure. Yeah. Okay. I'll. I'll I. I. If I'll, he was, he should have come on and promoted it. I'll say that. <laughs> bugger. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Well, I've, exactly. <laughs> uh, I'll catch up with them. <laughs> but no, there's. I. I find that this is an incredibly giving community, and uh, there's a lot of uh, good stuff going on out there for sure. A lot of good things coming out of cannabis these days quite quite against the stigma we grew up against as we kind of talked about you know throughout this uh... yeah yeah so with that being that. said would you say it has ever hindered you anything in your life has it taken away or you know kept you from doing something to the hundred percent that you you know could have I guess. Can- cannabis you're asking about yeah 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 
yeah. yeah. Well, like I said, I've had some high and some low low points, and and uh, I suppose when I think back, uh, you know, like I hope uh, I hope I learned from uh, from you know those mistakes I made, but uh, I wouldn't really change a lot. I really wouldn't. Uh, I've I've you know three marriages, uh, uh, more ripoffs than I could think of, uh, five five uh, drug charges. Uh, uh, bankruptcies, uh, but there's, uh, but uh, I've I've gotten back so much more, and I wouldn't trade none of it for the world. Absolutely. <laughs> so what? <laughs> what advice can someone give from three marriages to somebody that's thinking about getting married? I'm curious. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not thinking of getting married, but well, to those, to those that are willing to take that crazy step down, I don't. I don't know. I've only been once. I don't know if I. You know, I don't know if I can do it two more times. To be honest with you. Okay. Uh, prenup. How about prenup? That's a nice one. <laughs> No, even the marriages, you know, with the exception of one, uh, my third wife, uh, and she reminded me so many times that the ride was worth the fall. Uh, she gave me a fantastic ride, I tell you. Yeah. <laughs> Good memories. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I just had to ask. I just had to ask. <laughs> Oh boy! Uh, so, well, so were any of them were any of the three uh, anti-cannabis before uh, the the first the the first one? Uh, yeah, that that was uh, that that was a big uh, that was a big mistake there, but we we survived that one. <laughs> Yeah, the other two. Uh, well, actually, uh, my second wife. Uh, yeah, she was. Uh, she was. Uh, okay. My third wife. She didn't smoke. So it was my second wife. I, I've quit smoking tobacco so many times, but uh, uh, I I quit now for I, countless years. But uh, it was my second wife that I when I met her I wasn't a smoker. So, but but she was. So every time she would have a cigarette, she would offer me one. And I'd say, no, thank you. I don't smoke. And and then the next time she would offer me, well, finally, I just said, oh, fuck it. I, so I just took one and I started smoking again. So my third wife, I had stopped smoking again. So, but one day she says to me, she says, I think smoking is sexy. Well, I couldn't run to the store fast enough to grab a pack of cigarettes now. <laughs> That's where my brain was. <laughs> you think it's sexy? I'm in. <laughs> That's funny. What are you gonna do? <laughs> uh, I, I I know I know. I know. It's funny because uh, yeah, it's men have always been portrayed as like I don't know. The bad influence as far as interactions with men and women, you know what I'm saying? Uh, in a life experience, 
tells me, and again, kind of relating back to the psychedelics experience, uh, it's quite the opposite. I don't know. I know countless, countless men that have done stupid shit <laughs> for Reverend. the sake of some good well, company, I guess, is we'll put it in a, a good way. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we think with that small head. Other things. Yeah, I met a gentleman uh, recently who said he just started drinking again. I was like, oh, yeah, what's her name? He's like, how do you know? <laughs> yeah. I'm like, yeah, I, I know. I just had a feel. <laughs> so I believe I heard the undertones of uh, you uh, wanting to call it a night, my friend. Well, you know, darn it, we're having so much fun, but, uh, you know, all good things must come. And uh, we're not going to have any time for uh, for the new nerd, nerd weed show. <laughs> yeah, well, I, like I said, I am very grateful for the time I got, my friend, uh, for sure. And I prefer to uh, leave on a good note and leave some room for a possible second episode. So, uh, yeah, I'll take a good out when, uh, if that's what you want. So, I, yeah, I appreciate love your to. time, my friend. Uh, I'm, I'd love to. Yeah, hopefully, you know uh, that your invitation that I sent you right now or even earlier this evening is your invitation into the Weed Nerd world. Uh, the Weed Nerd world is only open to past guests. Uh, nowadays, it seems like... Uh, Monday is mandatory We Nerd World. Come on on, 2 a.m. on Mondays. Uh, West Coast Takeover nowadays on Wednesdays is mandatory We Nerd World. Any other nights, it's just when uh, me and the spotlight don't go the full-time slot, I'll end off the night with the We Nerd World. Uh, so anytime you see that, that in the title, you're more than welcome to come hang out, smoke, hang, talk, it don't matter what we're doing. We just appreciate the company. So hopefully you take us up on that and come hang out more often. Uh, it'll be a good time, I guarantee. The other thing I'd like to get from you uh, before you go is, of course, the sound bite. Uh, do you know how the sound bite goes, or do I need to go over it with you, my friend? No, you just have to remind me about the number. 570. Uh, 578. Uh, this meeting. Oh, okay. We just got a notification that it's being broadcast. Oh, you start a new one for this. I gotcha. No. Oh, I record this hunk. I before before this. Oh, it's five seventy nine. Before I fucked it up, I gotta. Yeah, it's five seventy nine. Uh, I gotta fix uh, that in the title. Oh, I got it. Uh, okay, okay. So before then, I uh, used to have to go out and clip this out of every episode. And then again, uh, <laughs> the, the nice uh, suggestions from Smiley's Gardens was like, you should record just that part. And I was like, yeah, that, <laughs> that makes total sense. <laughs> 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 so 
So okay. I am ready anytime you are. Episode 579. Okay. Okay. So uh, yeah, this is uh, Uncle Rick and uh, we're in uh, uh, episode number 579 of talking, we're fucking talking shit with Uncle. <laughs> Let me try it one more time. One more time from the beginning, take it from the top. This is Uncle Rick, and uh, we are in episode 579 of Fucking Talking Shit with Eagle. Uh, that's it. Thank you very much for <laughs> the sound bite, my friend. Uh, anybody you'd like to thank? Any shout outs like you'd like to give before we go? Oh, my goodness. Uh, like I started with so many people. Uh, uh, so I, yeah, no, I, I will say one more time. Thank you to caribou and the crew. Uh, that's where it all started. Uh, since then uh, we've Michigan bros grow show took us under their wing and uh, we've learned to uh, uh, grow and, and uh, enjoy so many other shows out there. It's really been quite the ride and thank you all so very much. And thank you chat. Well, with that being said, uh, hopefully you guys have enjoyed this episode. I know I sure have. And by the looks of chat, you guys have too. With that being said, I will be looking for most of you guys here in a minute in the Wheat Nerd world. If not, thank you for your time. Uh, you guys know the deal. Do something nice for somebody. Random acts of kindness. Do save lives. I can't believe you got this shit out of me, Uncle Rick. Uh, <laughs> with that being said... We are out of here. You have a good night, Uncle Rick. Uh, we will meet again. Right on. Love you, man. <laughs>